Disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed by the participants in this show are not the views of AnimeNewsNetwork.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Ancast. It's uh, middle of November. Well, you know, beginning of November-ish, uh, which means it's blockbuster game season time, video game season time, and that means it's time for game show. So joining me this week, it's ex-button columnist and ANN video game critic, Todd Seal. Okay, Todd. Hey. Thanks for coming on. Uh, no problem, Zach. Sure thing. Uh, and then also, as as always, returning champions, uh, now uh, you know, regular Enemy News Network game critic. And one half of the Fast Karate for the Gentleman podcast, it's Dave Riley. Hey, Dave. Oh, man, I was Googling so hard for a, a Liberation Maiden quote, but oh. uh, my internet skills have failed me. And I can't remember a single thing said in that game. Oh, come on. The aggravating Sacrifice Jive. Oh, we'll fight for our people. Oh, yeah, there we go. All right, and I finally, <laughs> finally, the second half of the Fast Karate for the Gentleman podcast, it's Joel White. Hey, Joel. What's up? I'd like to say that in terms of body mass, I am more than half. Okay. okay. <laughs> good. Good to know. It's, it's like, but it's like a, it's like an electro, electro college win. He's got the, <laughs> he's got a plurality. <laughs> yes. In the electro college. Oh, I, even though I know, it took me six years to stop saying nuclear, even though I knew that was wrong. <laughs> so I'm still working on electoral college. <laughs> I like the idea of electro college. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so you know, business as usual. The uh, the, the leaves are turning, the air is, is getting crisp, and uh, massively hyped video games are dumping into the stores at a rate of about two or three per week. Um, and we may as well just start talking about what we've been playing since the last time we had you on. Uh, feel free to go into anything. And uh, Todd, let's let's start with you. Okay, well, I was recently playing Liberation Maiden. Like uh, Dave brought that up already, I think. I haven't finished it yet. Um, I'm actually kind of trying to take it slow because I understand it's not a very long game. And it's basically, it hasn't really grabbed me. Um, it's a, as a shooter, it's serviceable. I guess I'm just a little more disappointed that it's not as silly as I hoped it would be because you probably heard the game's about this teenage girl president of Neo Japan in the far flung future of 2050 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's fighting to save the country and basically the environment too. So anytime you blow stuff up and destroy the enemy in the game, you get this profusion of forest and something like that. It's like Fern Gully blowing up there or something. Okay. <laughs> and, um, but overall, though, the game just doesn't really embrace the whole idea, which is weird because it's a Suda 51 deal. And in those games, you sort of expect that the gameplay might not be up to par, but you get something at least that's amusing or original as far as the storyline goes. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if uh, Dave feels the same way, but I mean... I'm actually... I was actually way more positive about it. I really like it. I wish it was not so short. Yes. I'm not now playing through it on hard mode because it's only five levels. Oh, wow. uh, my primary complaint is they start you off on an extreme high with a J-pop song boss fight in the first level, mm-hmm. and then that doesn't come back until the last level that there's another fully vocalized song. So, three out of ten. 
<laughs> uh, no, I like it. I mean, it's got yeah. the same. So it's got the like Panzer Dragoon lock on kind of mechanic, except yeah, you're using of. the the touchscreen. Uh, which, by the by, this game does not care for left handers as many DS games do not. So uh, good luck if you want to try and play that like holding the stylus in your right hand. But uh, I mean, I like it. Uh, I kind of, I kind of like the sense of style it has. It's, it isn't that silly, uh, yeah. and it, it certainly could stand to be more. But I really like sort of the broad strokes that your main character gets, because uh, you you feel like you hear the thing that she's like a teenage girl that, and she the like robot suit it like connects to her arms and legs, so it reminds me of that show where the girls were all uh, fighter pilots. Strike witches. So yeah, yeah. So it makes me think of that. Where like, wait, weren't they actual like, fighter planes? Were they really fighter? I think pilots? they just wore like boots. <laughs> I did. I never saw the show, but <laughs> so I, I came into it with the expectation that it was going to be like some dumb moe thing. But uh, then you start the game, and she's in this like super badass like slouch back pose, and her hair's like six feet long and white, and she's got like a purple face mask, like from Gurren Lagann. And I was like, oh, this is actually pretty sweet. And then in the only thing they use, like the, the DS or the secondary screen for, the touch screen, is just this giant picture of her face. And when you do good things, she's like happy. She like grins. So you're always sort of looking down there when you're like touching at stuff and then you like beat the boss. And she's like, yeah, bitches, I beat that boss. So I, find that, I found that like kind of satisfying. And uh, I don't know. I don't generally go into like the Suda Fifty One like <laughs> the stories he tells in video games or the stories in video games he is related to because uh, actually I don't even know how much of an influence he had on this one. Yeah, I think uh, he had the original idea or something like that, which I guess might explain why it's not all that you know involved. I guess I was sort yeah. of comparing it to, um, and a lot of people were comparing it to Metal Wolf Chaos, mm-hmm. which is the Xbox game where you're the yeah. American president. So I guess it wasn't as overtly weird. Well, she may be his daughter. It may be a shared universe. Uh, Because the the original president, oh, I guess because that's the American president. This is the Japanese president. But he dies. And then, of course, the line of succession goes, president, first daughter. And, like, the first scene is the parliament, like, ratifying her (laughs) as president. And then she gets in the robot suit. So, I mean, I don't know. I liked it. I mean, it was, was like, really cheap. Uh, It's just a couple bucks. Uh, it's it is strange to have this like divorce from the larger package because it's like part of that Gildo One thing, right? Uh, so I guess they're just sort of like meeting out the rest of those games uh, over a few weeks in America, which I guess is fine. Like yeah, I it gave they, me something to do on the 3ds eShop. Yeah, I think they kind of realized that it didn't really sell too well as a package deal in Japan, so they're actually doing the same thing here that they are. In uh, Japan, they're releasing them as individual downloads now, I guess, in an effort to recoup some of the losses from. Correct um, me if I'm wrong, but they are not bringing out the airport simulation game. I thought it was the blacksmith game that wasn't coming here. Oh, like, no. The one, by the, fu- one by the comedian. Yeah, described by uh, Wikipedia as a fantasy rhythm RPG. I think that, yeah. I think in that's which the main about. characters are father and son who craft weapons for heroes. Mm-hmm. Oh, Man, I'd much rather lose the airport game if I, I had I to choose. Wow. Okay. So this is all part of like a DSiWare thing, or 
yeah, yeah you just download it. I mean, it's like the, one of the first things that's been worth downloading in a long time, yeah. unless you're like really, really into Cave Story, I guess, because mm. there's like always a Cave Story re-release. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's been put up there like seven times. Uh, but I'm super excited for the one uh, that Matsuno did. Oh, cause it's, rad. Yeah, because it's supposed to be, I mean, I guess it's like kind of like, I don't know if it's specifically a roguelike, but it's a dungeon crawler, right? Yeah, it's like a tabletop RPG where you, you roll dice in the game itself and the characters are actually on stands, like the little miniatures or something. So it's a little different from the stuff he usually does. but I mean, it sounds weird, but yeah. it's the dude who did uh, Final Fantasy Tactics, so and I'm not going to hate. Uh, <laughs> though I guess like today he left uh, level 5. Oh, he did. I yeah, I think I saw a news story, which Already? is really wow. weird because didn't he just join them? Like Just for that game. Yeah, that was the first thing he did. Yeah, like last year maybe? I'm pretty sure I saw that. I don't want to be spreading misinformation. Are you sure? I feel like that's your favorite thing to do. Yeah, <laughs> I just don't <laughs> uh, like it. No, no, I think you're right. He did leave today. He left level five. That's so weird. I was like actually wow. totally pumped because in my in my like furthest, furthest reaches of my dreams – he would join the company and then they would make Dark Cloud 3. And oh, I would just man. retire from life. <laughs> quit my job, become a professional uh-huh. Dark Cloud player, synthesized wrenches. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Fondly remembered, nonetheless. Oh, yeah, Dark yeah. Cloud 2. Well, man. I mean, that was the shit. <laughs> Graziella plays it about every year and a half, so it's not so distant from my memory. Does it so I so it holds up? I haven't played it since it came out. Oh yeah, it's great. Uh, I mean, that's still a really fun game. Uh, probably the first one is not that good by yeah. today's standards because, like, in the first one, your weapons could break and just get destroyed. Oh, kind of like that. in the first Diablo. I remember that shit. Yeah. Second one was lots of fun. Ever patched out of a like stalker slash yeah yeah sort of like the, the stuff weapons. that you use fan made mods to accommodate for. Yeah. All right. So, Todd, anything else or just that? <laughs> no, not too. Well, Guilty Gear is finally on Xbox Live, so I've been playing a bunch of that, of course. And it, it holds up pretty well, I think. I I didn't like Blaze Blue too much, so it's good to go back to Guilty Gear just because it feels a little more, I want to say, insane. Because Blaze Blue, I mean, had a whole little anime aesthetic going on, and Guilty Gear is more heavy metal slash anime. Mm-hmm. Oh, come on, Todd. <laughs> what? Guilty Gear is super anime. Yeah, I've got heavy metal thing. Though. Soul I mean, bad on. guy, Bridget. Come on, just bring out Bridget. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, and Blaze Blue is what you'd get if you basically sucked all the heavy metal nonsense out of yeah. Guilty Gear. So I that's agree. I prefer yeah. Guilty Gear. Really. How's the netcode in that? I haven't had any problems with it so far, but you know, I haven't been playing too much as much online. I've basically just been going through the uh, story mode and stuff like that too, in spite of myself. So this is like XX plus. It's uh, accent four plus whatever the last one was. Yeah, I, I think I lost the the train of that thing like in probably XX time. Right. That was like was right around when I stopped going to arcades. Really, so I feel like like we had an arcade in Philly that had Guilty Gear XX. They actually had Guilty Gear in arcade. Wow. Yeah. I, I used to watch my buddy University play football. Slayer. <laughs> yes, there it is, Slayer. Everything's heavy metal and Guilty Gear. Yeah. <laughs> and I've, so I actually like maybe get back and play uh, Persona 4 Arena a little bit more, too. And I really like that one, in fact. Yeah, uh, that game's actually, good. I kind of like Persona more as a fighting game now than a uh, regular RPG, I hate to say it. But 
who knows? Maybe Persona 5 will bring me back around. Well, didn't you buy a Vita? Yes, I did. So are you going to get Persona 4 Golden? You see, the thing is, I got like 20 hours into Persona 4, and I have i don't really want to start over, even though there's new stuff around. Well, isn't 20 hours in, like, barely scratching that game? <laughs> that's like the so, opening cutscene. And yeah. 20 hours in, you So you finished the tutorial. Yeah, yes. you haven't even joined the sports club yet. Oh, Lord. Yeah, so the, you'd have to go through all that stuff at the beginning where they explain things about the Personas and the introductory dungeon, I guess, which, I mean, it's not a bad game at all, but... Given the choice between going the rest of the way through on like the PlayStation 2 version and starting again on the Vita, I don't know. I mean, I'm absolutely going for that as soon as they give us a Vita that has some sort of uh, TV out. Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, I play that game in tandem, like, so, you know, handing the controller back and forth. Uh, and so that's not as conducive to Vita play. But I do, like, Persona 4 is probably one of my favorite games of this decade. Um, so, I mean, I'm definitely interested in that. And I'm definitely interested in alternate costumes, which is my favorite part about any video game. <laughs> Even though I saw some screenshots and they ain't that great. Yeah, I am kind of disappointed because in Persona, in the portal version of Persona 3, they gave you uh, the option of playing, I think it was a female main character, right? Yeah, yeah. And that was a pretty big change as far as the storyline went, at least in terms of who you can make friends with and date and whatnot. But in uh, Persona 4, I think you're still stuck with the same, the male lead, right? They just threw in an yeah. extra character is not even playable or anything so i don't know i mean maybe they feel like they need to do less effort because it's a more contemporary release yeah i don't know it sucks yeah i got a lot of mileage out of that female man character like a lot of the social links are really different or entirely different mm-hmm. but i don't know how much extra stuff they have but i'm definitely interested i mean i really enjoy that game man, it's got motorcycles now yeah <laughs> What does that, that even mean in the yeah, context we, of Persona? Uh, yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> in battle? I think you can ride them in battle. Like, I think so, yeah. So does that just reduce every battle to, like, the motorcycle smash from Final Fantasy VII? Oh, yeah. You push square and circle. Just hit guys if it on the did, I might play uh, Persona Vita then. Maybe it's like when you, when you knock a guy down and then your, your party member gives you the option for the all-out attack. Mm-hmm. Just throw a motorcycle at him. <laughs> like, forget Personas. Take this. I don't know. What a, yeah. Excellent. Insert witty motorcycle reference here. I don't know anything about yeah. motorcycles. Full throttle. Anybody remember that game? Yes. Yeah, I just played through that recently, actually. <laughs> well, there you go. Oh, yeah. Now, Zach, was that the one you didn't like as much? or oh, That was Day of the Tentacle, right? Uh, I loved Day of the Tentacle as a wee lad. However, playing it again, um, yeah, it's not. Well, it sure is a game. Uh, <laughs> not Tim Schafer's finest writing. Uh it was his first thing, I think. Yeah, it's his first game, right? Uh, yeah, and it's... You know what? Actually, the biggest problem with that game is the score, actually, is uh, really overreactive to the point where every joke is... And I don't even think that's... It's probably not Tim Schafer's fault, but, like, every joke is punctuated in the score by, like, a wah-wah-wah-wah-wah, like, crazy cartoon music that just it saps all just all the joy out of any of the humor in the game, so... That was my chief observation about Day Day of the Tentacle, and we're talking about the hottest new releases here. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, uh, no, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> Take that, Tim Schafer. Okay. Video guys, video games are old, and so are we. 
Um, so well, uh, Persona. In that case, I'll skip the part I was going to talk about. I was playing Terranigma and Illusion of Gaia, but uh, we can go on to modern stuff then. Okay. <laughs> that's about all I've been playing. Right now. I was uh, playing uh, Virtue's Last Re- uh, Zero Escape, Virtue's Last Reward, though I haven't gotten very far in that either. Oh, uh, I think Dave's been playing that a little bit too. Uh, and he'd probably <laughs> spoil it for me if I said anything. <laughs> I beat that video game. I will not spoil it. Um, now, did but, you do all the paths, or did you just? Do yeah. Oh, when I say beat, yeah, I saw. I see uh, all the way. Uh, now, do you think it's better than nine nine nine, or do? You, I guess it's got an auto progress on its dialogue. I like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and nine 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 definitely did not. It has the exact same problems I had with nine nine nine. And I know when I say this, people are going to hate on me for not liking graphic novels, which is not true because I like Persona Four Arena. Uh, visual the, novels, come on. The, oh, visual novels, sorry. Yeah. Dating sims. Like, call them dating sims. I don't like novels at all. Walking Dead sucks. Uh, call it a dating sim. They hate the, yeah. they hate that. I, I mean, I like... I, conceptually, I like dating sims. I mean, I love Persona 4. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. There's just so many words they put into those games, and it's like nobody ever edited them at all. Like... <laughs> Like, they have to find, like, four ways to describe every action that happens. The like, he punched me in the chest, oh and it, hit, it hurt really hard when he punched me in the chest, and then his knuckles twisted into my chest. And it's like, like, just nobody ever copy-edited anything this guy wrote. And, like, <laughs> it's just really surprising to me that, like, this guy must be in, like, such a comfortable sort of, like, Harry Potter slash, like, Twilight position where just, like, nobody's going to question him. Just because, like, it's just ceaseless. Like, that stuff could be so cut down. Like, mm. it could be... And the most frustrating part, which I said this on Twitter, and I feel like it wasn't you that replied to me, Todd. Somebody somebody talked to me about it. Uh, but I said on Twitter, like, the most irritating part of this game is when, you know, you're you're jumping back and forth in different timelines. So mm. you will go back and see scenes that you have already seen. Right. And... You can skip through the dialogue then, which is something that happened in 999 as well. But sometimes the scene is slightly different. Oh, that's right. You cannot skip through the dialogue. (laughs) Because you have to see one character have like one different word of dialogue. And that's why this game is like 35 hours long. And like if a 35 hour book would not stand. Like, I cannot think of the last book that took me 35 hours to get through. And comparatively, you get so much more information from any one book than you actually receive in one of these games. Now, so, what are the like, puzzles? In, um, now, we're talking I about like, Choose the Last Reward, right? So. Yeah, I, I don't remember the puzzles in 999 that much. I yeah. feel like the ones in Virtue's Last Reward were way easier. Uh, uh, but, I mean, that might just be my memory but if i felt like a lot of them were kind of like oh now i'm kind of doing busy work like okay i know how to solve this math problem now it's actually requiring me to do the work to solve the math problem which is or like not even a math problem it's like all right i know how this configuration of shapes goes i have to like move every shape to finish the puzzle like and i feel like if you're making a puzzle game, you need to have like the realization of how to solve solve the puzzle and the actual solving the puzzle like really close together, like mm. within forty seconds. Like you can't have you sit there and be like, "Oh, great, I know how to solve this puzzle," but like, for example, there's one where you have to like crack a code by mm. like 
counting across these lines of uh, letters to figure out like which letter. It's like, all right, so now I start and I have to count one letter. Then I have to count nine letters. And I have to count eight letters. Like that's like you know forty five seconds a minute of busy work that really adds nothing to the feeling of solving something. Right, you basically get to show your work. It's like you're doing long division. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm not back in college or like fourth <laughs> grade, I guess, which is the level of a lot of this math. And yeah. I don't know. Like, I mean, I kind of like some of the things they do with these stories, but then they have characters that are like, like I don't know. In the end of the last game, they had that girl Alice who was sort yeah. of like a joke Easter egg at the end of the game. The Egyptian. Uh, yeah. Uh, so she's like, like dressed like an Egyptian priestess because. Mm-hmm. During the first game, they were like, oh, there was this like, hi, uh, there was this story about some Egyptian priestess they found, and she was like frozen, like she had been cryogenically frozen. And then you see her at the end of the game, and it's just like the last scene in the game. Like, it has no bearing on anything. And in this one, they're like, no, she was a character, and she was just driving through the desert dressed like an Egyptian priestess, because that's what she'd do. Uh, and in this game, she's just still dressed like that. And she doesn't wear a shirt. Instead, she has this like giant gold medallion that just covers her breasts, and her secret agent partner wears a leopard print bikini. It's just like so dumb. (laughs) I don't know. It's just like I mean, I'm willing to like I I watch anime, man. Like I'm willing to cut a lot of slack to a lot of that stuff. But like, I guess if this game was like six hours long if it was like that i'd be like all right whatever egyptian princess Mm -hmm. priestess but like when i have to when i'm playing for like 30 hours Mm -hmm. like there should be 30 hours worth of stuff in there well it's (laughs) basically it's kino nishimura's designs again who the same artist did the code of princess characters so she's got a ridiculous thing going on i guess because actually i'm i'm cool with it (laughs) princess for the most part well, yeah, when you're beating stuff up, you know, you kind of expect that, I guess. But, yeah, you know, uh, I guess it's just like serious. Yeah, like totally Color Princess is like a jokey game. And like even if the main character is dressed kind of dumb, mm-hmm. uh, like it, just the tone of the game is so different. And in Zero's Last Reward, it's like, yo, dog, when we vote on this thing, like it's about the prisoner's dilemma. Like 10 years ago, that was like my favorite philosophical concept. Uh-huh. So like be like the captive audience for this game, and it's like if we got to vote both to be allies, man, or I'm gonna die. And also, I'm wearing a clown costume, like I'm dressed like a circus <laughs> ringleader. So please take me seriously, but yeah. I have a top hat on. <laughs> it's I don't know. Like I feel like if you're gonna be serious, then you have to act like you're actually a serious video game, and not have like. Like a six-year-old child who's wearing this like giant like Alaskan boy thing on his head or something, yeah. <laughs> Which oh, like yeah. if you read the expository materials for the game, it's like the writer or something's like I don't know. He keeps snacks in there. Uh, <laughs> now, what did you think of the guy in the robot suit? Did he was he too far? Or was he kind of realistic? I actually I liked him because he had that like samurai style like kimono on one shoulder, and mm-hmm. I liked his voice actor. I think actually a lot of the voice acting and that was pretty good. I, and yeah, like. That game had me at the very beginning because, like, the first girl you interact with and she's, like, she talks, like, very strangely to you and she, like, goes off on this rhyming spree where uh, she's, like, talking about ramen and stuff and then she drops a Lord of the Rings reference mm-hmm. and I didn't, les- I didn't listen to it in Japanese uh, to know if it was actually in the original Japanese but she's like, I'll get you one day, Witch King and I was like, damn, this game's gonna be good and, but then it was, like, so long uh, and the, I think the thing that really crystallized my feelings about this game 
is that in the supplementary materials, they have this one thing where they're talking about this guy, like Knox. I guess he was like a mystery writer. I don't really know. Uh, but he's got like the 10 rules of writing mysteries. And oh. they have put it in there to throw in your face that they are ignoring all these rules. Like, don't have a character have amnesia. Like, don't have a character have an evil twin. Like, don't have the Watson character, like the dummy, hide information from the reader. Uh, and just to be like, yeah, we don't have to follow this. And it's like, well, you know what? Sometimes rules are there for a reason and just sort of like blatantly flaunting them. That's uh, it's like, look at me. I'm a hack. Ex- look at how big a hack we are. Like, that's... Yeah, <laughs> you guys I'm, aren't exactly Andy Kaufman, and this is not adaptation. Yeah, that's the thing. You have to be so proficient at your art to, like, flaunt the rules. And I really, I just don't feel like the guys who make these games are. And, like, I, I feel like I'm being unnecessarily harsh for it, and it's almost purely because of its length. Like, if at, like, eight or ten hours, like, that's probably, you would, it would be like a fun little mystery that you would get excited by solving. But, now, when you say it's long, is that the total time it took you to get through all the different paths, or is it... Yeah, but, like, there is no closure without going through every path. Okay. So, like, yeah. there is no ending at all. And I feel like a lot of the characters just act, like, in really arbitrary ways in a lot of the paths. It's like, well, this guy, like, decided to betray this time. Because uh, the whole thing is based on, like, voting to ally or betray with somebody. Uh and I don't know, maybe if I examined the story a little more, I'd be like, oh, no, in fact, they were thinking this at this time. But it just seems like, no, like this time the character was a dick because, like, we needed, you know, nine game over paths to sync up with our nine, like, closure paths or whatever. Because you, you have to get all the endings before you see the real ending. The real ending. Oh, my God. When it, like, and, what, and each path is like how long? Oh. Extremely Ooh. long. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, There's nine yeah. endings and it took me probably 35 hours to beat the game. In my defense, a lot of that was travel time. <laughs> like, I had a lot, I was riding trains for a lot of that, so I didn't have anything else to do. I was a captive audience. But, I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I, like I said, I'm being a little harsher than I probably need be. Because uh, it's definitely a cool idea, and I like a good mystery. But I just feel like at the end of those games, like, like at the end of 999, they were like, psych, this whole game like, didn't really even mean anything. Like it was like the whole point of the game was to get you to the ending where we could tell you something completely different. Uh, And that was like just so disappointing to be like, well, I like thought I was in this scary life or death situation at the end of 999. But actually it was something completely different. And it just feels like, haha, I pulled the rug out from under you, player. Didn't I? It's like, well, no, because I guessed all the plot twists. I just didn't guess that you were going to use face blindness as your mechanism for, like, displaying this plot twist <laughs> as they did in 999. And you, and you so, played through that entire game waiting for the Herman Cain reference that I assume never came. Uh, like, <laughs> well, I mean, that was pre-Herman Cain. <laughs> I just, in fact, when Herman Cain said that, I was like, okay, well, he's got the Pokemon. Thing, yeah, right. right. We know well, he's yeah, the so Pokemon. What does he know? <laughs> So, Herman Cain, what is your opinion on Clover, and is she the best? <laughs> uh, in fact, no. <laughs> she is the worst. Well, with, with that, I think, Dave, we can move on to you and what else you've been playing aside from yeah. uh, all uh, of that, that diet tribe. I, I mean, I've been playing Okami. There's like, this is like the games that are too long edition. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, as I said six years ago, Okami is like a damn fine game when it's 15 hours long. Uh, and when it's 40 hours long, it starts to drag a little. 
This is the HD version on PS3, right? But yeah, the HD version looks so good. Is it like, just upresed or? Well, yeah, but I guess because of the the Sumie style of art, mm-hmm. like it's just perfectly conducive to being upresed. So it does like when you look at like the Metal Gear Solid HD or Shadow Colossus or any of that stuff, you're like, okay, well, this looks slightly nicer than the original video game. Uh, but we put the PS2 version of Okami side by side with the PS3 one, and like the 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 level of crispness in the new version is like beyond compare. And it takes a game that already had already looked great and already had a great sense of aesthetics, and just makes it look amazing. Like, there's no reason this would not be a contemporary game right now. Like, you could, you know, you could give it to somebody and just totally trick them. Mm-hmm. And, like, sort of what I really like about Okami is that it is a game that is just sort of, like, super chill. Like, especially in comparison to games of, of its, at the time. Like, the popular games were, like, God of War, where, like, you know, you were impaling Hydra's eyeballs on mass and having three ways that were quick time events. Yeah. And like <laughs> Okami is like the major side quest in the game is to go around feeding whatever animals you see. And then when you feed them, your, your dog avatar, who is Amaterasu mother of all life, uh, just chills there in this cutscene with a camera panning around them. And it just goes until you don't feel like watching it anymore. And like that sort of, uh, repose is so rare in video games, uh, and I feel that like that's just sort of what Okami is about. It's like just a sort of like really laid back, like unassuming world that I really like about video games, or that I really wish would be more prevalent in video games. Uh, and it's also just got this sense of style that is like beyond compare, and basically doesn't exist. Like their attention to detail. My favorite weapon in the game, and it was like six years ago when I played it that time, like uh, maybe five or six hours in, you get this stone mirror that rests on your back. And as you're running around the world, it breaks apart into these like, you know, two dozen odd pieces and the, which sort of hover in the air and then coalesce and reform the disc just like over and over again. And like somebody made that animation. And when I think about it, I just think like, I really hope the people who made this video game like really liked making this video game because it seems like that's, you know, what happened. Like, it seemed like this was made by a bunch of people who were like, man, I just want to make a cool video game. Uh, whereas, <laughs> like, liked I, it they got fired <laughs> after they made it. So, yeah, I know. I mean, and, and it just like, it, I don't know, it just hurts my heart because it like makes me think back about Clover. Yeah. And be like, man, I loved all the games they made and like nobody else did. <laughs> and, and the same thing is happening now with Platinum Games. Uh, and it just makes me sad. Like, I don't know, like Hideki Kamiya made Okami and it is categorically the worst game he's ever made. Uh, and that means that that guy has lived a pretty charmed life. <laughs> like I would say, if Okami is the worst thing you've ever made, like you're you're pretty good you're pretty well off if like the worst thing somebody can say about your video games is like eh, i mean the first 15 hours or so were pretty stellar but you know after that i kind of was like i'm only having like eight out of ten levels of fun right now <laughs> that's probably pretty good 8.25 tops 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, it lags at the end, which is sad because it really feels like what happens in those like last 25 hours before you get to the end of the game. It's like, man, you guys had so many good ideas that you could have really easily compressed into 10 hours and the game wouldn't feel so spread out and have these like really high peaks and valleys where like, you, I, oh, I'm at awe at entering the capital and I'm completely charmed by the side quests where you have to translate a little girl's like graffiti drawings into a popular fashion by drawing on the fashion artist kimonos to start new fashion trends. And like I'm, I'm so bewildered and in love with this. And then it's like, but now there's this part where I have to run across like the whole world again to use the new power I got to get to the next part. And it's like kind of boring. And even with the fast travel, it still takes a little while. And everybody has like 10 times as much dialogue as they really need to. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, it's, it's such a good looking game. And nobody played it the first time around. So maybe they'll play it this time. They won't. Uh, but I. <laughs> I mean, Okami's really good. It's sort of like a really good example of like, man, this game was great, and then they made it too long, which I think is something that really like plagues a lot of games. Like, I think if people were more confident to make and more willing to accept games that were like six to eight hours long, uh, I just think it would be better. It would be better for me. My priority is time almost always. So if I could play a lot more shorter games that were just compact, that would be great. All right, Okami. Uh, anything else? Well, I mean, I've been playing Halo Four, but if you want, like, we could use that as a segue between me and Joel. Okay, sure. Yeah, I, I, I want to hear about playing it. Playing Halo Four, perfect segue. <laughs> All no, right, I have I not. I did not buy it. First Halo game I haven't bought, and I'm, I want to know how it is. Uh, it is Super Halo. Mm. <laughs> I am shocked at how Halo this Halo game is. I, was, I would say I was really worried that you know. Bungie didn't make it. It was going to be the first one that I wasn't a fan of, and that's not true. I actually am having a great time with it. I heard that uh, it's a little too steeped in the obnoxious Halo fiction, where things don't make sense unless you've like read the books and shit. Is that true? I don't know, dude. I don't <laughs> like. What did, who who is playing Halo? For the awesome story, I just want to be a ten football robot that punches. So, so, so you don't care about uh, what's her name, Cortana, going crazy or something or whatever she's no, doing. You know why I don't care about Cortana going crazy? <laughs> because Cortana is a computer program and a computer program that I'm using to, you know, subvert my aggressive behavior. I'm just there to feelings, guys. <laughs> um, I, I guess like there's man, so many don't hate like things like he loves her. Beauty. And modern warfare that you're just like, who can't like? I don't know. Can we just shoot some aliens, please? Like, who's complaining about the story in Halo? It's <laughs> slapped in the mouth. I actually, uh, I rather enjoy the Halo lore. I feel like it's sort of drip fed to you in just such a way to make it interesting, but never overbearing. And I read one of the books a long time ago, and it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, I really liked the Halo lore in the first Halo. And yeah. then as soon as anything was explained in Halo 2, I was done with it. Oh, um, no, I was still with them. Mystery it's, it's... and, like, the lack of contact. I mean, one of the interesting things that, you know, having just, like, totally crapped on the story, I do pay attention to the dialogue. And this idea that humanity and the Covenant are now contiguous cultures and that those sort of points of contact have led to greater levels of understanding, that's all good. And I think that that was always there in the Halo games. 
but I don't want to get all meta. Like, the Master Chief is constantly running from firefight to firefight in an alien world that he has to discover everything about and then blow up. That's the story I'm interested in. How are we going to blow up this planet? Because <laughs> you know it's going to happen. At the end of this game, this I, planet will not be here. They already crashed a U.S. Uh, in, in Halo 4. Spoilers, guys. They already crashed a human uh, cruiser onto this planet. You know that thing's going meltdown. It's got a seam somewhere in it, yeah. It's going to charge <laughs> like, that reactor, and now I'm going to drive the warthog out of it. Yeah, we're not going to save Cortana from her rampant. <laughs> we're just going to freaking put her into stasis in another floating bubble so that we can wake up against another uh, yeah, Forerunner world and go through another magical Master Chief adventure. <laughs> but yeah. Just crash every spaceship you've ever been on. But That's it what is, Halo's Halo, about. I guess if you're annoyed by the lore... Whatever. I don't know. I, I honestly can't believe that given the type of person that typically gets really into Halo, anybody would be annoyed by the lore. Because the most annoying thing about Halo is the, is players. the people to play it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't they? Now, that's the other thing I'm curious about. I, don't, I assume you don't play with randos uh, on multiplayer. Maybe you do. I don't know. Oh, yeah. No, I pub all the time, dude. So they they announced that their big thing was a zero tolerance policy for like racism and sexism. Good what, luck. Is it? Yeah. Th- and my response to that was, wow, that's really admirable. There's no way in hell they're going to be able to enforce that. Uh, so in your experience, is the discourse better? <laughs> I haven't actually played any, uh, any multiplayer yet. I, I just will be like, as soon as I hang up this Skype call, that's, <laughs> you know, just to like, you know, go and steep myself in whatever festering cesspool of, you know, adolescent hate I can get locked into. I don't know. Like, I don't imagine that my experience with this Halo game is going to be that much different than the other one. I feel like the online community gets a lot of flack for a couple bad apples. So, I mean, like, the no tolerance thing is great, so you can't have little kids that are just having fun screaming uh, homophobic epithets at you. But there's still going to be the kid out there that's doing it. There's no way to stop it. Mm. Well, I mean, but some attempt to moderate that, I feel, is is very admirable. How are they going? I mean, it's it's going to be kind of like if you've ever played League of Legends, it'll probably work a lot like that system where a certain number of reports and you're banned. Because it's not like they're keeping audio logs of every session of Halo that's going on. They're not the NSA, you know? Well, like, <laughs> no, I, I, to- I totally get it. But playing those games, like I, I played the, the hell out of Halo 3 online and i feel reach i played a lot of halo reach online and it's not like a few bad apples it's like in a game where you have a five-man squad two of them are going to be 15 year olds just projectile vomiting their id into the mic and if i have like (laughs) if i have any recourse to tell people and, and they're actually saying okay we will give a shit and listen to your reports and if this guy was screaming the n word over and over and over and over and over again, we will get rid of him. That, to me, like, at least there's something. Like, well, yeah. you know, I, mean, I, I, I yeah. don't disagree that it is uh, a valuable and honorable thing that they're doing. I just think that you're still going to run into that. They're not going to be able to sure. hermetically seal an internet-connected <laughs> public game match and, uh, and, you know, keep out the baddies, because they're still there. Well, you know, and then they risk, they risk alienating the valuable N-word screaming 16-year-old demographic, which is... I would say like that's probably forty percent. Well, that's like forty percent. Sixty dollars is the same as anyone else's. <laughs> I will say that there's a. 
I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, but they, those 16 year olds buy more Mountain Dew and Doritos than the average uh, gamer, so I think they're more, more valuable to Halo. And then for yourself, I'm sorry. <laughs> you obviously haven't had one of my Joel White shakes, which is just ground up Doritos in Mountain Dew. <laughs> it's 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 70 percent Cool Ranch, 30 percent Nacho Cheese. Wow, I think we found the plot of Halo Five. Hard to be by 40. Um, <laughs> it, uh, I will say that I mean I. As stupid as it sounds, like part of competing in Halo for me has always been like the interaction with those kids. Yeah, even if I'm not having any mat. fun, like if I'm getting totally wasted, that's one thing. But as soon as you like call me a name like that, you've opened up a whole other play field <laughs> for me to just go into. Like I'm not going to go south with you, but we're going to have a conversation about what you just said. Yeah, yeah, I used to enjoy like, that too. Check for me, like. That's yeah. So you've actually just increased my enjoyment of the game because now I'm going to verbally assault you with you know whatever I've got. It's not probably not going to be profanity, but it's going to be something you're not prepared for. Well, Joel, I mean, I just imagine you as being like, "Really? Did you say that?" <laughs> Whereas, like when we were playing Dark Souls through, and some guy invaded us, and then he killed both of us, and he was like, "Ha ha." You know, even with your gangbang, like homophobic slurs everywhere, uh, I still beat you. And then we just engaged him and was like, what's up? How do you like cheating? And he's like, I wasn't cheating. And I was like, well, it looked like you were cheating from where we was like, shut up. You're gay. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) And we just kept it. And it's just like the way to deal with those people is to just be like completely self-assured and like really, uh, really open to discourse. Well, yeah, that's what I'm like, saying. It, it, I have the advantage of adulthood. Yeah. You have no idea how overpowered I am for this argument, kid. <laughs> My life is totally put together. Yours sounds like it's in shambles. I mean, that's what's really satisfying. Like, as long as you don't give them, like, a, a vitriolic response. Like, as long as you're sort of friendly and, like, keep the channels open. Like, they just melt down. Yeah. <laughs> That's, um, yeah, let's explore why you think my mother is. Um, yeah, no, yeah, you just need to engage these people, and I don't know. I mean, I doubt that changes anything, but it, like, it's certainly a, it's better for your own mental health. I just wonder, like, in the age of the internet, and I've been I've been considering this, but the first time this happens, I'm going to see how many people have you know used social media to broadcast their Xbox Live account, right? And you're just like, you don't know the power of Google. Like, if you say something like that and you're not smart about it, I'm going to find out about your Twitter feed. I'm going to find yeah. out about your Facebook account. And it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah. At this that is point, weird. Like, but uh, It sounds creepy, but it's just like, welcome to the lack of anonymity on the Internet. Like, I cannot, I cannot contain my boundless curiosity, let's say. So some guy <laughs> gets into, we were streaming Max Payne 3. Some guy gets into our chat channel. Uh, starts throwing around slurs for our choice of console. He was like, why are you going to play on Xbox, you blanks? Like, PS3 is where it's at. Oh, Um, God. uh, Okay. So at the end of the stream, just like out of curiosity, I Google that guy's username. The only other hit is for a wife-swapping website. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Infinite sadness. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Now my favorite thing was always to say like it's. I'd always say like it's. It's really heartbreaking that your father doesn't love you, but there's no reason to call me names like that. Like yeah. you know, you I mean, go it's whatever. Like it's the 
I mean, I don't think that's ever going to change. I don't think it's going to change either, but there is something to be said for, you know, representing for the sane part of the population by at least getting on there and just saying, hey, that's not cool. So if there is somebody else out there who is being, you know, like there's a chance that there's a 12-year-old who's getting exposed to this through Halo. And so it's important that, you know, the voice of reason is expressed and you get on there and say, hey, that's not cool. You sound pretty dumb. I think you're dumb. No, you're dumb. Yeah, and like I mean, yeah. That. You gotta set a good example for the kids. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's like what they a good they, example. That, first, they came like for the snipers, and I said nothing. That's what I'm doing. That's my next project. I'm going to try to read all of Moby Dick into a chat channel. Yeah. During Halo games, while after what? having somebody, sc- as soon as somebody screams profanity. That's what is Requag? I don't understand. No, no. What you need to do is blast Tupac into your mic while reading Moby Dick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we used to do that in Counter. I'm ghost riding the whip while reading Moby Dick. I'm so pimp. I would just put Joel's mic next to my speakers. <laughs> and people would be like, muted, muted, muted. Oh, my God. But, uh, I, I just like reading uh, what conspiracy theories I go to websites and then just read that constantly. Like it, just a complete word salad about ple- people talking about the planet between Mars and Jupiter that was full of angels <laughs> blew up, and you know, just to see who's paying attention. I mean, that just seems. <laughs> Does like anybody sort of get this? <laughs> Open your eyes, people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The wrong. Uh, uh, so, yeah, any- so I'm, I'm playing Halo. I don't know. We're not that far into that video game. Joel and I have made the same level of progress because we were playing it together last night. Uh, maybe like level four. They put in some new guns. They are exactly the same as the other guns. No, no. They're slightly orange. worse. They're slightly orange. They're slightly worse. They don't work as well as the other guns. I was super disappointed. Well, I mean, you get that alien pistol and it separates into its constituent parts when you reload it. And you sort of stick the reloady thing in the middle and then it reforms around it. And that is pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. But there, I can never think of a reason, like, why I would pick up that pistol over any other pistol. Or, like, you know, they've got their equivalent of the 2X Zoom precision rifle that yeah. seems basically exactly the same. And I don't know, it's just, like, a little worrying for me. I don't, I mean, I can't say anything conclusive right now, but I feel like there's a lot of little niggling things that are adding up, like... Why do they make the grunts sound so serious? Like, I feel like it's lost a lot of the uh, immediate identification through colors that you sort of get from Halo. Like, you see a big red thing and you recognize that it's Elite and Elite. Now everything's kind of just, like, gray. Uh, I don't know. You can tell the difference between the Prometheans and their... Well, certainly, yeah. I mean, their morphology is entirely different. But, I, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, though. Like, the, I, the few times I did fight Elites, it was hard to identify... Uh, like, one time, time I mistook an elite for all. a jackal, and I was like, how could that even happen? Well, but I think that's been true since many of the later console versions. Yeah, I mean, I'm so, I certainly, like, the, the heyday of that sort of color identification was, like, Halo 1 and Halo 2, where the environments were really plain, so a dude who was purple or blue, like, really stuck out against a gray background. And, I mean, I don't know, that's not an argument for, like, get rid of graphics, but it's just a little strange to me. And it feels like there's all these little strange things, like the fact that it has a Call of Duty progression in it. Well, like, doesn't everything have that now? I mean, that's everything. Yeah, but I wish they didn't. Like, right. <laughs> I wish that that door had never been opened. It's like I did say that to, uh, 
to Dave when we were first playing it because they have this sweet lion emblem. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, that's of course the one I found immediately because it's so sweet. <laughs> right. like, I want to have that sweet lion on my shoulder so people know. Your guy associates with lions. King of the jungle. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. there's more. Well, I don't even care. I would rather think, see them me hanging out with a lion. Be like, yo, what's up, lion? Oh, nothing. You know, eating a zebra. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, but so I go, and it's got that lock symbol. <laughs> I said, Dave's like, I better unlock all of this just by opening the multiplayer like lobby menu. I don't know. <laughs> And they had this some is of that not like exclusive reach. content, guys. This is a sticker for my shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. Just give it to me. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Just like, I don't like that style of progression. I certainly understand the like, the serotonin drip of like unlocking a gun every twenty minutes. But I feel like that is actually a very bad thing and something that should be discouraged in video games. I like. Yeah. I was excited in Halo 3 when you would go up a rank, and it's just this dumb little, you know, couple of bars yeah. and a star next to your name, and you get an extra bar when you play I more, mean, and, like, that was enough. Like, I don't need more yeah, than just fine. that. fine. Like, yeah. Reach had all the little different armor gigaws you could buy, mm-hmm. and you could buy some really absurd stuff at the end, like surrounding your character in lightning or a swarm of flies, and, like, that's completely fine. Like, that gives you... Uh, sort of like a memory book of your playing this game that you've been, you know, you must really like it because you spent 200 hours of your life on it. Well, yeah, so, but it, sometimes I feel like that's a record of shame. Like, when I look yeah. at my League of Legends, over 2,000 wins, I'm like, maybe I should have read more in the past two years. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how much I'd be getting paid if I, like, opened up a Put in- technical book or something. Like- <laughs> I don't know. It's just like that That was never what Halo was about. And it's not like things can't change. But uh, I just like, that's Call of Duty. That doesn't need to be Halo. Like, I don't need to wait 10 hours before I can use the battle rifle. Like, what does that add to Halo? Is that true? Well, I, I don't know. It's probably that's not. Cool. I, think that it, I think probably not Halo hours. isn't that. Halo's not at that level. A lot of the things you unlock are just customizations to your armor that are purely aesthetic. No, 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 no. In the new one, uh, you unlock guns exactly like you do in Call of Duty. For loadouts? Yeah. Did you look at the loadouts? How does multiplayer even work? I think that that's just for, like, when you're joining other people's games. Oh, that is multiplayer. when you die, what you respawn with. (laughs) That is how multiplayer works. You start with a plasma plate or an assault rifle and a regular pistol, and you got to unlock the rest of it. Whatever, dude. I'm going to pwn noobs. They're going to be like, oh, look at his lame loadout. And I'll be like, yeah, original Halo represent. This, this pistol has zoom again, you jerks. You shouldn't have to. Pop, pop. <laughs> Double tap. I don't know. Okay. Although, weirdly, like- the progression stuff seems like to me, like if you're, you know, you got to play 10 hours to unlock the battle rifle, to me that makes more sense in a Halo game where... You know, you want to try and extend the life of that for as long as you can because it's not like it's a yearly franchise like Call of Duty, where it's just going to be replaced with the next one in you know a little less than a year from now anyway. But yeah, you know, I get what you're saying, but it makes more almost weirdly makes more sense to me to have that when you're not going to get another Halo game for another two two mm-hmm. and a half years. I feel like maybe that's true, except that people still play Halo in such great numbers, even in between each franchise. Right. Like, if you look at the numbers, they probably dip when a Modern Warfare game comes out, but there's still always this steady population of people coming back to it. Yeah. And they've been coming back to it for generations. And so now you've got this game that spans, you know, probably 15 years in terms of, like, generational gaps of people who are all interested in playing your franchise, they're all going to play it together. I don't think you need to have these kind of 
hooks that just pull them back in because your your hook is that everyone plays this game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I certainly Halo <clears throat> does not have the adherence that Call of Duty does these days, but it must still be a really strong community. Yeah, I think it's strange that they got rid of Firefight. It seems like it would take more work to get rid of it than just to put it in. Oh, that's uh, weird. I didn't know they got rid of that. Yeah, they replaced it with something that sounds cool, where you're getting this uh, weekly drip of co-op episodes that you can play with your friends, mm-hmm. uh, which has a story consequence. But I don't see why they wouldn't just put both. Like, uh, I didn't really like Reach that much. I think it's probably one of the weakest games in the series. But really? they're... Yeah, you know, the story in Reach is not very good. No, it's and I not. Felt like, <laughs> And I felt like you are, the, you're you're disagreeing with the dogma put forth by Kotaku, not. Uh, oh yeah, I saw that. That they rated. Okay, the, here's the actual rating. Like ODST is in the top two, if not number one. Yeah, uh, Gratz is nodding along with me, so she knows what's up. Uh, Halo Three <laughs> is probably up in there because uh, Halo Three is the one where you fly a little helicopter guy onto the scarab and then you just crash it on top of that scarab and then you run around back and melee its power cord and it blows up. So that's why Halo 3 is the second best or best. <laughs> you get to punch and, a robot in its brain. Yeah. And I, I don't know. Like Reach, I felt like Reach was a series of like, hey, you really got to push that button over there right now. And then like you go over there and push that button and they're like, okay, but now we got to push this button. And then like the way, because they're trying to do this Band of Brothers thing and the way they kill everybody is <laughs> is so sort of like maudlin, like they're all running away in slow motion. And then the one alien that decided to hang around while they were nuking the city shoots one of your dudes with a sniper rifle, and uh, you're like, okay, Ryan and everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Whereas, like, even if the story in ODST was not. I mean, it was just sort of generic and not all that exciting. Like, the mise-en-scene of that game was so good, and, like, the ambiance of that city. <laughs> uh, great. Did you really just use that word? Oh, my well, God. You know what I'm talking about, because I remember no, talking about this. Yeah, like, just... like, when you come across, like, a, a police car that's been abandoned, but its lights are still flaring... Like you, you that gives you a certain emotional response. Only uh, also feel the fragility of <laughs> characters throughout. Like you don't have to have these BS contrivances like they did in yeah. Reach. And I feel like Halo gets a lot of flack for being sort of like, oh man, just like a silent protagonist. It's a space marine, even though he's literally not a silent protagonist. Like he talks all the time. I don't know why people use that to refer to him. But, uh, like, I mean, people are like, it's a gruff space marine, and that's it. And I'm like, actually, you know, by first-person shooter standards, like, Master Chief has a lot of personality. Like, he's got this sort of sardonic sense of humor. Uh, he's got a love interest. It's a weird love interest. Uh, yeah. For a character you never actually see, he's pretty well-developed, <laughs> I think, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying, that, like... I, I don't know. I think people get a lot of flack because they sort of see it and then leave it at that. But, like... Bungie's always sort of had like a pretty good sense of humor, uh, and I think that comes across really well in the Halo games. Like, uh, like especially in the grunts, which people sort of write off as these like absurd sort of caricatures. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the way they they cavort and sort of flail uh, gives you a sense that like in the fiction you are this 
unstoppable beast that they refer to as a demon. Like you have taken on a mythic quality to them, which is something that like it basically just literalizes every FPS that's ever been. Like you're always an unstoppable soldier in an FPS, but never for any real reason. Uh, like the dudes in Gears of War. Like why don't the dudes in Gears of War die? They just don't. Uh, and like why? Dude, the- no, because they're. Have you seen the thickness of their necks? Yeah, really. Like, like, nobody like, else in that series has you necks have to, like, that thick. to kill them. <laughs> well, it was, it was really weird in Gears of War three when they introduced the, the female characters and the girls are all like child size. I mean, they were always <laughs> child size, but <laughs> now they're my, like, uh, wearing the same armor. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm they're the cheerleaders. Size, you the you can buy me in a ten pack. No, I mean, I, I just think that Halo does like a lot of like kind of really. Halo has always been better at telling you a story non-verbally and i think that that's something that literally like no first person shooter outside of maybe half-life or like maybe stalker but even then not really that's more like in the fallout sort of open so it's world a, it's a show don't tell kind of thing basically yeah i, I just think like, like people don't give halo credit because they see a space marine and they're like ah shut up space marines <laughs> it's like well i understand why you might come to that reaction like if you want, like if you want to go toe to toe on Gears of War, like I will concede every point. Like that game is so dumb. Oh. But uh, but uh, I, I don't know. I think there's more to Halo that beats the eye, and that's why I can confidently. That's what to get back to the original point. Like that's why I feel so strongly about ODST is that because what they did in that game is cultivate this like insane sense of isolation that, like, basically does not exist in video games. Like, I can think of, like, maybe five video games that make you feel as lonely as ODST do. And that is such, like, a powerful emotion to feel in a video game uh, where, like, you know, you're probably sitting on the couch with somebody else and, like, joking about it. And to, like, go through this world that's almost completely empty uh, but, you know, to a certain extent really feels like it had a lot of life in it at some point. You're, you're in an abandoned city. Uh, and you, so you, you feel like really by yourself and more than that, you feel really afraid. Like when you come across dudes in that game, it is often to your benefit to not fight them. Uh, and that's really cool. Uh, and I feel like people sort of lose that thread, uh, for the fact that like, it's a silly game where the aliens are purple and like they shoot green <laughs> goo. Uh, and I don't know. And I really hope that is what continues with like the people who are making new Halo games, and I'm not sure that it will. And I feel like that with Halo Reach, they kind of lost the thread of that, and they tried to make it like too much about these like really specific, firmly detailed characters who we had like never met yet were expected to care about, even though they died in like two seconds. Uh, and then at the end of Reach, like the best part of Reach is at the end of the game. Uh, after the mission is completed, your, like, objective marker pops up. And to that point, it's been, like, push this button, turn this crank, like, turn on the air pad, whatever. Uh, and all it says is survive. And, like, that's just how the game ends. And even though there's, like, no point to living at that point, it basically just becomes, like, a single-player survival game. You right. really, really want to. Yeah, you die in the end, don't you, no matter what? Yeah, yes. It, yeah, you yeah. eventually become overwhelmed. Your helmet gradually cracks mm-hmm. as, you're, as you sustain damage, and it's just a really cool experience. Yep. Well, it's also like, true that like every Reach was destroyed in the original. Yeah, I mean, in the original hard, Halo, you know the story of Reach. That's so. hardly a spoiler. That's like what happened like six hours prior to the original Halo game. 
and and they made that part of the game really cool. And I feel like if they had sort of focused on their strength and made that part of the game more of the whole game instead of being like, uh, I mean, we got a dude and he's a sniper and his name is like Sniper Dude. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know. It just makes me think of like uh, the people in Call of Duty. And it's like, we got a guy named Ghost and he wears a ski mask and has got a skull on it. And he is so hardcore. And this dude has mutton chops. And we say things like "danger close," uh, and like that is not was because we're the part- robot from Lost in Space. <laughs> <laughs> like that was never part of Call or Halo, and that is why I like Halo and why I do not like Call of Duty. And uh, I don't know. I feel like it, in the shuffle, people are too quick to analogize them. And I've been talking for like ten minutes. So it's true, and you're apologizing for a game we're not even playing in the current gameplay segment, Dave. <laughs> yeah, you're true. stepping all over Zach's stuff. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, the guns are too similar because it's like why am I? I'm just going to use the alien shotgun or the regular shotgun, whichever is in my hands, and I'll never have oh. a reason to use one over the other. Other reason to like Halo Four: uh, the shotgun sound is entirely satisfying. Yeah, well, I've always liked their sort of like metal on metal, but this shotgun. one has like this. I don't know why. I'm going to get into something that's stupid, but it's got this like sort of baritone uh, tremble at the end of it that I really like. It really kind of rounds off what you just did when you popped that dude in the mouth with the shotgun. Yeah. Anywho. I like their light machine gun. That's like the one new gun they put in that I was like, I want to shoot bullets out of this really bad. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Anything other than Halo, Joel? Uh, you know, the usual MOBA stuff. I've actually sort of used up LOL and been playing some Dota 2, which is apparently still in beta, which really sounds stupid to me because I feel like that game's been in beta forever. It's been in beta for at least a year, and I signed up for it a long, long time ago. And I mean, they've given out keys of, recently. That's sort of the reality of things. Like, Natural Selection 2 just came out, and that's been in beta for, I think, yes. literally years. Like, more than one year. Yeah, Natural Selection 2 has been coming out forever. Um, but yeah, so I've been playing... Uh, based, you know, Halo recently, some MOBA stuff, and uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much. Oh, I mean, I've, I've also been uh, mining uh, the Xbox Live Arcade, and if you didn't hear me and Dave talk about Mark of the Ninja, you should definitely check that game out. It is that game is phenomenal. Oh yeah, it's probably one of the best video games put out this year. Like, if you have any interest in stealth games, this is basically a stealth game done right. Yeah, I don't know why you. It's it's just a good game. Like I don't even I, I'm gonna unqualify it from like just the stealth category. Well, I think probably you it. can probably qualify it in the sense that a lot of the reasons people don't like stealth games is that their rules are incredibly arbitrary and hard to learn. Uh, and Mark of the Ninja has none of that. Yeah, like, it's because it you don't because it's a because it's a two D game. Uh, everything is crystal clear in how it affects you and how you affect the world. So your incidents of like. I screwed up because my shoulder was peeking around the corner is basically zero. Yeah. Uh, and it is so mean. It's so mean. It's like the meanest game. <laughs> I mean, I know we talked about this on our podcast, but one of the things you can do in it is throw a dead body at another dude to really scare him. Yes. But anyway, yeah, so that's what I've been up to. Uh, yeah, interesting that you brought that up because I've been told to play that uh, many, many times in my Every time I bring up the fact that I tried to and failed to play Dishonored, um, because oh, I've also been playing Dishonored. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I bought that because I just built a gaming PC, and I was like, newest, hottest, greatest, let's just get whatever the new big, fat, awesome thing is. And uh, when I got it, I was like, I had done a little bit of research on it, but I was like, yeah, whatever, just see the newest, hottest. And uh, it's a stealth game, and I am the worst at first-person stealth <laughs> games. Like, I'm so bad at them, I should not buy them, because I just can't do it. Like, I cannot do it. It it relies so much on patience, which I don't have any of in my... When I'm playing video wow. games, I got no patience at all. So, mm-hmm. like, I'm fucking awful at Dishonored. And yeah, I do, I do get up from my computer a lot while trying to play that game. Because it's like, yeah. okay, I was just playing for 50 minutes and I forgot to save before coming into this room. And now all that time is gone. Yeah. <laughs> just gone. Yeah. I had something once where I had a dude on an elevator and he fell underneath the elevator. And I needed to keep that guy alive. And I was like, well, there goes an hour and a half. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Do I feel in Dishonored, you will not get the maximal experience out of it. But if you play that game sort of like an action game, it will not be the worst game you ever played. So if you need to, fe- if you feel the need to get sort of the return on your investment, yeah, uh, there's still ways to have fun with that game without playing strictly as like a stealth, non-lethal thing, which is literally my favorite do- thing to do in video games. Yeah, I, I, I wish I could do it, but I just fucking can't. It's, uh, it's been a huge problem for whatever reason. I was able to get through, like, the first three Metal Gear Solid games without really getting into that much trouble with the stealth aspect. But, again, those are third person. Uh, For whatever reason, the first person, I just can't do it. Well, first person makes it really hard because, like, you just – it's really hard to get an idea of how visible you are. Yeah, And, like, Dishonored is terrible at it. Like, Dishonored is actually pretty generous. Like, you can basically be out in the open as long as you're, like, ten feet away from a dude. But, like, you really never have any clue. Like, you can lean around cover in that game. I never use it because I did not trust them when they said you would not get seen. If <laughs> no, you, you can totally cover. lean around cover at people to a stupid degree. But whatever. <laughs> it seemed like a good game. Like, it did seem like if you could play... Like, I, pl- I do plan on just plowing through it and killing everybody. And, and I, I hear that the whole, like, don't kill people, you'll get a bad ending is way overstated by the game. It is. It's almost, I mean, I, I didn't get the bad ending, but, like, it feels, it feels like a Bioshock-style ending. Like, yeah. oh, you got the bad six seconds of video footage at the end of this game. Yeah, well, in addition to all the other things about the game that feel like Bioshock. But, yeah, like, you know, I really appreciate the production value and the voice acting's great. I mean, the, the actors they have in that alone, you know, are, are you know, fucking Susan Sarandon shows up. And yeah, I know. John Slattery and all these other people. And I'm like, well, you know, I want to see this, but there's no way in hell I'm going to sit here and wait for this dude to be in the right spot so I don't get cut. Like, I'm just going to go through and stab dudes oh. in the neck. Yeah, just run around and kill guys. Yeah. Like, that's no, you gotta, that's you gotta a way. whisper to him, Zach. You gotta be like, "Sleep, baby bird." That's what I love about Mark of the Ninja. Uh, Mark of the Ninja makes uh, the whole. It makes it has a non-lethal route, and to accommodate that, in certain situations where you have to get key cards and stuff off of guys, you pickpocket them. And every time I do it, when I'm like lowering from a chain from the ceiling behind a dude and grabbing the key card off his belt, I imagine I just give him a little goose before I pull back up, <laughs> give him a little squeeze on the tush, be like, "What's cool. up, dude?" <laughs> yeah, but uh, so the, the other thing, uh, you know, I put Dishonored down and bought uh, 
because it was on sale for whatever reason for super cheap like about a month after it came out i got uh maybe two months after i got uh sleepy dogs or sleeping dogs uh, 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 sleepy no. dogs sleepy dogs sleepy You're dogs better yeah no sleepy, sleepy dogs. dogs is correct mm-hmm. the sleepiest of dogs and that game is fucking great like i didn't think it was gonna be anything special but i am enjoying the hell out of that game uh that- that was the game that was originally True Crime Hong, yes. Hong Kong or something. Yeah, it's, and it had a tortured development. There are no cycle. zombies in the in this version. They must oh, have figured out. But that's a great game. And frankly, like if you have a PC that can handle it, running that thing at uh, with everything on Ultra and installing the high resolution texture pack, I haven't seen a better looking game. Like it's fucking gorgeous. That I do remember a lot of stuff with the rain looking really cool. Well, just the environments and everything. It looks great. Uh, and it's just, you know, it's Grand Theft Auto with, uh, you know, in Hong Kong and you're an undercover cop who's dealing with the mafia and all that shit. And, you know, but it's, I don't know what it is. I, I'm enjoying the hell out of that. Maybe it's just because it's been too long since Saints Row and I wanted another open world game, but uh, I'm really enjoying it. And if you can find it for cheap, I highly recommend picking it up. If you like the open world style of game, it's you should good create, shit. You should create a Hong Kong singularity by, on another screen in your house, turning on Flashpoint. <laughs> Great. Donnie <laughs> while you're playing that game. And it just tears you apart, the competing <laughs> gravities. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, I, yeah, it's, it, for my money, like, that's, it, it, it was good, good shit. Uh, if you can get it cheap, it's, it's totally worth it. But um, uh, briefly, I did want to mention that uh, on the stream, very recently, we ran through uh, the entirety of Final Fantasy X, um, which, oh. which I have not touched. Power to you. Uh, which I have not touched since it came out, and I finished it when it came out, you know, many moons ago, which I can't believe how old that game is now. <laughs> um, but I gotta tell you guys, like, I think that's my new favorite Final Fantasy game. Uh, used oh, to be. Used what to be was nine. your previous favorite? Nine was my favorite previously, and uh, it's still a great game. I still really like nine. Say you're correct. Nine's nine's very charming. <laughs> yes, but I enjoyed the shit out of ten. And maybe you know, maybe this is part of it is that because when you're streaming a video game, you don't really want to bore the shit out of the audience with grinding. So I just cheated. And since I had already played the game through once when I was, you know, in college, I didn't feel like I was really missing anything. So we just cheated and blew through the story. And the combat's super fun. The story is surprisingly good. I, I, I didn't remember how melancholy that game is. And frankly, that's still a really good-looking game. Uh, especially if... Because uh, I, I drug out my old PS2 disc, but I'm playing it on my PC on an emulator. And if you can up that thing, it looks great now. Like it's still a really good looking game, and it's the the gameplay's nice and simple. The combat's nice; it's simple and it's fun, and you can get really really powerful if you want to, but you don't really have to to finish the game. I just really I, I really enjoyed playing through that again. I that was a great experience. So if if uh, for whatever reason people haven't checked that out, uh, I think there's an HD remake coming on the PS. Yeah, it's coming out the Vita. Yeah, so you'll for get a chance Vita. to. I was just about to ask if they're porting that game to anything other than a Vita or. <laughs> yeah, I, apparently not. I hope that they make that playable on a PS3 at some point because uh, it's a, it would be a shame if like the Vita were the only way people could really get access to that in an HD form because all you have to do is up-res it a little bit I had like a little anti-aliasing and maybe you know three or four times the resolution of the original and it looked great the whole way through so yeah, it's, it's, yeah Final Fantasy X man except for those stupid you know, it trials. might be on the PS3 too I think yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's no they're saying I was actually just yeah I was going to say I just did some googling and the Google Foo has revealed that yeah it's coming out on both. Cool, yeah. That's, how was your uh, How was your Sfida team? 
<laughs> I didn't touch that shit. <laughs> oh, man, I love Svita so much. <laughs> oh, God. And I used all the original characters. I had Keepa in the goal. As oh, God. Oh, Jesus. Now, that's the, the other thing. Is Apes, I had forgotten. Suck inside of a time suck. Yeah, man, I love that. I, I had forgotten what a, kind of an awful character Waka is, and also forgotten oh, that he is voiced that. by... Yeah, it's Bender. Uh, yeah, he's, he's that guy who does Jake on Adventure Time and Bender. Uh, forgotten about that. <laughs> he's doing his Brooklyn Jamaican thing. Oh man, how can you hate that? Come on. <laughs> no, I didn't. No, the voice was great. The character is this sort of awful fundamentalist douche nozzle that stays that way through the entire game until the very end, when his entire religion is proven to be this horrible sham. Uh. Uh, <laughs> And I get why, but uh, that that character. Well, they, you know, I don't. Is that a, is that really his fault, or is that just you know, in the eighty hours you've been playing this game, four days have transpired. Sure, that's true. And the other thing is, <laughs> it frankly, like if you've played that game before and it's been ten years for you, like it was for me, and you just use a save game editor, uh, it's not like Final Fantasy VIII where it's really hard to cheat because the everything about the game systems is broken and shitty and worthless and not worth playing uh you can just hit a button and say max everyone out and blow through that we blew through final fantasy 10 in like 23 hours like it was nothing it was no time at all so uh yeah you can get through it real fast and just just to revisit it just to be like oh yeah no i, I remember everything just stop about by and see the folks yeah right exactly not there for dinner you're just you know returning a dvd <laughs> exactly exactly uh and we you know i did that with final fantasy 7 as well and that game holds up really well too um it's not. I don't think it's as well, good. Well, not visually, but yeah, it, I don't think it's as the story in it is as. It, no, I don't think it holds I, together like tens, ten or nine. I don't think it's it holds definitely together. a less earnest game. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm not going to hate too much on the Final Fantasy visuals or the sorry the seven visuals. Yeah, no. Because I feel like it's it's not trying so hard for realism that it is ruined by time. Like, I feel like those still have enough of an abstractness to it that yeah. I can appreciate them now. Like, I the yeah. sort of barbell arms and what have the you. The Popeye aesthetic. And I think the only real problem with Final Fantasy VII's uh, graphics is that they can't pick, like, a consistent theme. Exactly. Like, there's, like, three or four styles of those characters that show up at different points in the game in different styles of FMVs. I could uh, Wasn't there something uh, some fans did where they basically used the battle models? Yeah, the characters mm. in the game itself. And, oh yeah, wow! There's a full, there's a full, yeah, a reworking where you can, you can put those battle models uh, in the entire game, and it, 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 what you know, I could have done that, but I didn't want to. Like the way I played that game, the way I remembered it was the silly little Popeye characters that were obviously. Yeah, I, mean, how I, I can't feel like it's Final Fantasy unless I'm manipulating the world with a pair of you know dinner rolls <laughs> <laughs> and Barrett like how I mean, did he that, press that button he couldn't press one button that's a keyboard <laughs> well in fact I mean when they do press the button like they all lift their both hands in the air and then slam it down on the keyboard <laughs> yes <laughs> like, yep and anybody who throw who, like when Barrett gets mad it just looks like something like a giant baby having a temper tantrum because they're just like <laughs> throwing their arms the arms yeah <laughs> or he, he does the thing where he's excited where he does that <laughs> thing where he punches three times and then turns yeah. to the right and punches three times and then turns to the north. Yeah, I've actually adopted that and that's the way I uh, telegraph to the world that I'm excited. So you get really weird looks on the subway. Yeah. I'm no, like, that's, yeah. that's not even the weirdest like thing did. on the subway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but Zach, I saw you balked at Final Fantasy X-2. Uh, I did because 
10 story, I did not remember how melancholy that story is. It's, the whole thing is this, the inevitability of death and, you know, this dying world that's sort of being manipulated by this evil religious cult. And of course, it's a Japanese role-playing game, so of course you're killing God at the end of it. Uh, But that game has a real somber tone to it throughout most of it. And the ending is really bittersweet and kind of sad. And the Yuna character is kind of annoying, but still you feel something. It's like the very end of that game, it's a little touching. Like, it's it's good. It's 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 There's some strong emotion in there. And then you, I had the, you know, this is 10, 12 years later, so we immediately just jumped over into 10 2, and it's like the dumbest shit. It, it's, it's completely not. It's just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like... Of that course, got a lot of problems. Yeah. Like <laughs> that dude, this is the dumbest dumb shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I could, and I was like, "What are we watching here? Like, this has nothing to do. Like, the tone is completely wrong. Like, totally but different." But it does have a job system, right? Sure. I mean, that's all I care about. I don't know. That job system's kind of weak compared to, I mean, like the one. Well, I think the primary problem with it is that uh, you can't, can't uh, like cross jobs. Skills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind uh, of. But that. other than that, like I really that's my favorite combat system. Yeah, the like, combat like, system's great. The, the yeah. timed attack, so you can get combos by lining up your attacks. Uh mm. we- things have like different cooldown periods. Like there's a rest period after you do a move, and some of them are really long and short. Uh it's got the ways to break the game where you like use the like gun attack like a million times when you're yeah. at really low health. <laughs> that, uh, yeah. like, it's fast too. I mean, and that I'll give it that much. Also, every character has like 13 costumes, so I'm just like in heaven. <laughs> I'm just swapping them around just to see them. <laughs> and at the same time, buffing my stats because changing jobs a lot in battle is how it works. You should, uh, <laughs> you should just make a, a FMV or something of that to I'm in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, well, I'll play a little bit more of it, uh, but the tonal shift was a little bit too much whiplash uh, yeah, at that, that yeah, point in time. Cool. So, I mean... Give it, yourself some time to simmer, Zach. You might be able to return to it at another, a later date. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm sure I will. It, and, you know, the stream audience gets a little demanding, so I know they want to see uh, Yeah, more I it. feel you. <laughs> but, uh, and briefly, before we get to Twitter here, I did want to mention that um, never thought I would say this, but easily the best game I played this year was Walking Dead. Uh, so far. Oh, yeah. Like, those e- are great. Easily. Uh, we haven't seen the last chapter yet, but if you have not played those and you hate zombies, you're fucking sick of them, you never want to see another zombie again in your life, you don't watch the TV show, you haven't read the comics, fuck all that, play the games. I don't watch the show, I don't read the comics, I do not, I, I am so t- tired of zombie everything. These games are amazing. Like, uh, I, I mean, I de- I dislike the comic and I detest the show. Right. <laughs> uh, and the game is still great. I yeah. mean, the show is like there's this like weird undercurrent of sexism running through the second. It's not even an undercurrent. Like literally at one point in the show, one of the women says to another woman, we have to do women's work. Uh. Like their, their job is to provide <laughs> comfort to the men folk. <laughs> I'm like, what? Because one of them wants to shoot a gun and that's just like, no. But yeah, the games are great. Yeah, it's a series, and they're huge bummers. And it's kind of like watching... I mean, I, I'm not making a storytelling quality comparison here, but it is a bit like watching Breaking Bad in that the fun of it is the eternal downward spiral into chaos and sadness and despair. And it's 
one horrible choice after another that is thrilling in a way that you just don't get in video games ever. Because most games where it's like, oh, you got to make a tough choice here, kill all the peasants or save all the peasants. Like, that's the choice. But this is like, shit, what do I do? It's no win, no win, and you just have to pick whatever you're most personally, you know, comfortable with. Comfortable being in quotes, because neither choice is ever good. Um, That's why I'm I'm never going to play that game for that very reason. Right. I can't watch Breaking Bad. Like, I don't know. This is like real life is full of so much difficulty. I don't. I, if my games were that way, I would just. I, mean, I would bag it, man. I'm calling it a day and offing myself or something. I got to get out of here. <laughs> you well, it's just it's not an experience you get very often at all. And the games, like they're just they're they're very, they're gripping. And uh, after every single one, um, you're 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 sort of blown away by what happened. Uh, and it's always fun because at the end it shows you like what choices you made in percentages uh, compared to everyone else, uh, and you can always find out how much of a total monster you are. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, like I always felt like if it came down to it, I could murder half the population, <laughs> and now I know I would. Well, I always play. I always play as good guy as I possibly can. Any game that's got you know good or evil choices, I always go super paragon. Um, yes. But these games barely give you the option of being always the good guy it really doesn't let you do that um so and even even if you make a choice you're like oh i thought that was the good choice it turns out it's not and you're a huge monstrous asshole um so yeah i don't know i couldn't recommend them enough and they've been going on sale for like 15 bucks for the whole set i mean it's can't do better each of those chapters like two or three hours two three hours Mm. yeah okay uh and don't make it like i would not make the mistake of playing through them all like just like sitting down and just blowing through them uh, it's it would be like marathoning Breaking Bad, where at the end you're just like, well, I'm gonna go put a gun in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and have, I need ice cream and pizza, stat. Right, yeah. <laughs> they have the only not annoying child in all of media. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the characters are great. They're, they're really, really solid characters. It's a little distracting that the lead character is voiced by the Hulu guy. Um, I never even noticed that. Yeah, Seriously? yeah. The uh, the following clip is brought to you with limited commercial interrupt. That guy uh, <laughs> oh. voices the main character. It's a little distracting. <laughs> I, well, I always think of him as the space station commander in the third season of Archer. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. <laughs> um, Decision will crush your soul. Yeah, basically. Yeah, and you you can't help but just make those jokes nonstop. But even making those jokes and being distracted by it, the the writing is so solid and the circumstances are so harrowing, it does not detract from the situation at at all. Well, um, I, I think probably the coolest thing about those games is that, like like any video game, most of your choices are are limited in their effectiveness. Yeah, like not so much changes, but the game is really good at making you feel like every choice has import, which I feel like in essence, is the same thing. Like, it's accomplishing the same goal of making you feel some emotion. And in the, in the third, like, midway through the third episode, some some serious stuff goes down. Yeah. And when that happened, like, you're pulled over by the side of the road, we were convinced that we had done something wrong and right. that you could fix it. And, like, that you can't is actually also kind of cool. Well, the thing about that that gets me about those games is that, you know, I've been playing these with the streaming crowd, and, you know, I'll be playing these, and we'll get, you know, those games attract a lot of people, so we'll have, you know, 
80 people sitting there watching the game and I'll, I'll make choices and they'll be like, I didn't even know you could do it that way. And then I'll get to the end of the chapter and it'll say like, here's the percentages. And at the beginning of the, at the end of the last one, it shows you how many people and who has survived in what percentages. And I'm like, how did you even get it so that that guy survives? How did you even keep that guy with you? Like, how did you even make, like, I, I don't even know how you could make that choice. And to me, that, that speaks to the strength of the sheer number of ways those games can play out. Uh, that, to me, that's, even though it, may, it might just, it might be really shallow and, you know, just looks like there's a lot on the surface, you know, the feeling is enough. I, I feel like, uh... It, it has accomplished what it is setting out to do and also makes me feel like the decisions I make really do seriously impact the way the story is going. I don't know. Good stuff. Everyone should play that if they like good writing. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anybody playing Assassin's Creed? Anyone? Anyone? No. no, no, no. <laughs> Nobody's going to say, I'll still see no in that game. So I'm out. <laughs> I was like, like as soon as they said... said American Revolution, I was like, no, I don't need no raw, raw America. I'm cool. Uh, yeah. I think it's actually not. I mean, it's made by French people or French Canadians. So George actually, Washington is like your BFF. I hear George Washington acts like kind of a dick. Oh. Well, I mean, historic, that's what the history books say. Like, if you if you go to his portrait in the National Gallery, the caption below says, kind of a dick. So, yeah. <laughs> they're just being well respected, but, you know. <laughs> Kind of douchey. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was I was looking forward to it. Um, I skipped the last one. I played Brotherhood, which I thought was probably the best game in that series. Uh, skipped Revelations. Was thinking about playing this one, and all the reviews are kind of like, eh. So, eh. I don't know. Maybe if, we eh. can all get it on Wii U. <laughs> yeah, Wii. I was actually more interested in playing. Um, what is it? The 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 Vita game, actually, the one that's set in New Orleans, like before the Revolutionary War. Yeah, yeah, right. What's it called? Have you, have you ever tried that? Liberation, I think, is that? Yeah, that that's it. I don't know. That one looked a little more interesting just because it's New Orleans. Or, but, and I kind of like that period more than the American Revolution, but I uh, haven't tried it. Well, yeah, and the other thing is, like, once again, it's one of these things where it's like, somehow this guy was there for every major event of the Revolutionary War, <laughs> which kind of takes me out of it a little bit, <laughs> I guess. Um, but anyway, we should do Twitter. Uh Let's get to Twitter questions. All right. Okay, from Zero Intelligence, he asks, uh, I'm curious, Capcom's license with Tatsunoko lapses, and they said they're no longer allowed to sell the Tatsunoko versus Capcom game physically or digitally. What happens to the extra copies lying around in the store and on the internet? Well, I think we all know the answer to this. Uh, they get bought by people who sell them on eBay for 50 times their value. Right. Yes. Do any of you still have this? I have it. Yeah. I never, I never bought it in the first place. Game, really. It kind of got overlooked because, it, you know, it's Tatsunoko and over here. No one knows yeah, what that is. Nobody well, knows it also that came stuff. out on the wrong platform. Yeah. Oh, the Wii? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's, that's um, probably its biggest attraction. It's kind of interesting. If you really liked what Marvel vs. Capcom 3 did, Tatsunoko vs. Capcom is kind of almost the prototype of that. They tried out some ideas in that that they put out in NBC3. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely check it out if you like the versus fighters. And, and it's just... No, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and, and if you want to play it, if there are affordable copies, buy it. Because yeah, it's got Kashan yeah. and the robot <laughs> yeah. from Lost Planet. And Karis. Every, every, oh, it's got, whoa. Was <laughs> that, like, really popular in Japan? <laughs> I don't know. It was, I mean, it was played here. There was, it, uh, it was, they played it at Evo a couple times, I think, so. 
I mean, no, there, I'm there just was, talking about carrots. Oh, because <laughs> Karis, and like that did not seem like an anime that really got a lot of traction in America. Yeah, it was the 25th anniversary thing, so, or 30th or something, so it was big. It's probably the first time anyone's ever uttered the phrase, "Hey, man, I'm just talking about Karis." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, and you know, I'm surprised that game didn't sell so well over here. What with the uh, massive American fan base for Yatterman. Yeah. <laughs> What <laughs> uh, really got him on? I mean, that, you yeah. just need a bunch of like fifty-year-old people who own Wii's, mm-hmm. right? If everyone in the world was Mike Tool, that game would have sold like fucking <laughs> hotcakes. Oh, if only we all could be. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's still an interesting game because a lot of the stuff Capcom did they were inspired by the um, Tatsunoko stuff from the you know the seventies and the eighties and stuff like Mega Man Legends. That's huge. Um, that's basically Yatterman. So it's. I don't know. I kind of like it, in fact, that Capcom was paying tribute to something that they really wanted to do, I guess. I don't even know how well it did in Japan. I imagine it did better than in North America. But it's kind of to see Capcom just do something that might not have been made them a lot of money, especially not in America. Right. And it's different from the Capcom we see now, definitely. <laughs> right. The Resident Evil 6 Capcom. Uh, yeah. We can God, talk about God, Resident Evil 6. DLC guys. Games, Capcom. <laughs> Making that Resident Evil 6, you dummies, you stupid people. <laughs> Fighter X Tekken, man. It's a good game, right? Right? Uh, well, on the, we'll get it right this time on the Vita or whatever. Yeah. Ugh, man. No, they I fucked that like... up, right? They, they fucked that up where you bought the Vita version and for whatever reason all the DLC, you couldn't access it? Oh, you could? Yeah, something like that. I, I read something <laughs> I where they, they, they something screwed like that up. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that was also terrible. <laughs> Hey, if you want Street Fighter X Tekken, you can get a copy of it on Gamefly for like ten dollars. So. Yeah, no, it's cheap. We'll say that much. Um, all right, interesting question here from Cowboy Dev. He asks, "If you could only play one game for the rest of your life, which one would it be?" Uh, Todd, oh, we'll start with you. Oh me? Oh, you gotta give me a second. Um, Just say Valkyrie Profile so we can move on. Okay, but, yeah. or, or Grim, Valkyrie Profile or Grim Fandango, either one. Uh, okay, there you go. Those are my two. <laughs> he, he said one. <laughs> you got a solemn in that. And Final Fantasy Tactics, okay. Yeah. yeah. You, go. <laughs> okay. you know, that's All a good choice. Run, no guns. Uh, I'll, I'll go with Valkyrie Profile. <laughs> Tactics is a good choice, though, because you got to sink, what, 40 hours into that? Even at the most, that's like the minimum awesome. number? <laughs> Challenge Dude, runs. Solo Dude, one yes. job. <laughs> just go look it up on GameFAQs, and you just added 400 hours to your enjoyment. <laughs> uh, Dave? Uh man, I'm not. I'm never good at these. Uh, I don't know. Probably something like a roguelike. Uh, FTL has been pretty good to me in recent memory. Uh, faster than light, where you, it's like sort of like the spaceship roguelike, mm-hmm. where you hop from star to star and you participate in spaceship on spaceship combat. There's been like a lot of games recently where you are essentially playing Star Trek. And FTL is one of the better ones. So I feel like we're in this pretty awesome renaissance that was made just for me. So in that respect, yeah, probably like FTL or something that could go forever. Or just Zone of the Enders 2. I don't know. <laughs> Valkyria. HD collection of that? No, I was just going to rent they said it. it was maybe. Kind of, people were complaining about it, I think. The, yeah, people said it was kind of Frame rate blows. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm going to rent it, see how it is, and make my decision from there. But Metal Gear Solid Rising, uh, Uprising or whatever, there's a demo. I know. <laughs> uh, I don't know what to make of it. Wait, that. 
Revengeance, right? Revengeance, or, whatever. It's yeah. called. Revengeance. Yeah. Okay, just making sure we're talking Revengeance. about Revengeance. Sorry, forgot. I mean, I, well, I'm curious enough into that. It's a <laughs> it's a word enough for me. It's my favorite kind of word, the kind that doesn't exist. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm I'm definitely down for that because I want to see what Platinum does with Revengeance. I'm sure it'll be great. Everything they do is great. Why don't you guys buy their games, Internet? <laughs> Uh, there's a, uh, there's a, like a 30 minute quick look of it on Giant Bomb uh, that I, I watched that whole thing and still thought I don't know what to make of this. Do I want really? to play this or not? Yeah. The, so I purposely avoid coverage of games that are coming out that I'm interested in. Right. So the only thing I know about Revengeance is that it has Chainsaw Dog. In it. Yeah, oh, and that really? Chainsaw Dog is in the demo very heavily. So, that yeah. sounds fine to me. <laughs> yeah, and I will say I got to play the demo at Comic Con, and it did. The um, missile hopping thing was actually really well done. Oh, so sweet. I like, like that. Contra 3. Yep. And Kishern, for that matter, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Hide- Hideki Kimiya, he's probably, I don't know, maybe he's not working on Revengeance, but he's pretty good at making those dog enemies. Mm-hmm. So if Chainsaw <laughs> Dog is anything like the, the Shadow Dogs in Devil May Cry or the Fireball Dogs in Bayonetta, I think we're in good hands. So basically, your ideal game is Hideki Kamiya plus dog. Yeah. <laughs> well, plus actually, dog that's, just, that's, just, that's actually Okami. So, <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, Joel, one game for the rest of your life. Uh, I have actually been playing one game. My just say like recent legends. Just yeah, it's League of Legends. <laughs> I've been doing it, guys. I'm living the dream, according to this Twitter question. You're because... living the desert island dream. Yeah, I mean, I've, League of Legends is a constant refrain in my life. So, yeah, that's that's the one. Uh, I guess I would say, God, one game for the rest of my life. Uh, you know, I've been playing it most of my, basically my entire adult life, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, which yeah. I still play once a year every year. Um, Solid choice. I, I, I applaud you for not going with Tetris, which is the... Well, you uh, said you were... You said before we started recording that you're streaming Saturn games. Are you going to do Symphony of the Night on the Saturn? Oh, with the extra dungeon. Yeah, it's got an extra area. I've played that. Uh, I don't know if I want to do it again. Um, That Saturn version is not great. Uh, It's okay, I guess, but uh, maybe, I don't know. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Just in terms of replayability, for whatever reason, my brain has a broken thing in it where I don't ever get tired of that game. So... Yeah, I, I, if I had to pick one. Either that or Res. Probably Res. Uh, yeah, I'd go with Castlevania, but maybe Res. Um, all right. I would say Parappa the Rapper, but then I would, I'd be dead. <laughs> you gotta do what? That's what the refrain that's playing as your exsanguinated body lies on the floor. Yeah. I can't my last words. My eyes will be dilated. I'll be proceed. staring you into the distance. You to the point where you're arguing with Wilson about the place where you tried to commit suicide because you did it. <laughs> all right. I gotta believe. Um, all right. Chard Knight asks, with recent failures of several high-profile American games like Medal of Honor, is the narrative changing about how successful American gaming is compared to Japan? No. What? No. That is a weird question. Medal of Honor was a failure. That does not mean that Western games do not totally dominate video gaming right now. Uh, yeah, I they feel do. like there's a, a fabricated like East versus West comparison anyway. Yeah, like yeah. this is sort of the tired trend whenever like a new Skyrim or a new Final Fantasy comes out. Yeah. Like one is right and the other one is always wrong. And 
I don't know. That's uh, it's always just so exhausting. It's just like shut up. Well, the the only thing I would say to that is that you can. There is an obvious and recognize and, and observable trend that uh, Japanese game developers are mimicking Western games a lot more than they used to. Uh, if they want, you know, a giant four quadrant hit or whatever, they will. You know that that's that was the problem with Resident Evil Six, right? I mean, that's what everyone yeah. was saying that it's just a gears um, clone for most of it. I mean, I don't know if it's strictly that. Like, that's what they were thinking. I feel like Resident Evil Six's most obvious inspiration is sort of Michael Bay, right? And that sort of which I guess you can tie you can tie that into Call of Duty, but like, yeah, that never shut up, never slow down mentality of video game. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, the comparison is dumb anyway. You sort of look at the whole thing and you say, like, okay, well, what are the trends in Japanese game development and what are the trends in Western game development? But saying, like, it's a fight. Like, it's not. It's, it's not at all. Um, and what about Europe? You know, no one talks about them. Come on. Stalker. They get, no, they get, they get thrown in with the West. It's a total the, – yeah. that's part of it's the false dichotomy that's being developed like, here. It's Japan like, they're just the going to putter around making The Witcher – and uh, King's Bounty, Lucius. James Bond, yeah. Nobody, nobody's going to bother them. You can play Lucius all you want. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't think anybody's playing that game. <laughs> That's a weird fucking game. <laughs> yeah, weird. Um, all right. Zero Intelligence asks, would you guys play or buy a fighting game that crosses over political figures, especially American political figures, with Moe characters? What? Uh, well, of course I would. Uh, uh, yeah. but, There's no way you couldn't, really. But my dream... Is and I, I I know why this doesn't exist because there's obviously not a crossover between news junkies and fighting game aficionados. My dream is a full roster fighting game in 2D that is pitting uh, cable news pundits against each other. Uh, I would play the fuck out of that, especially if I could like pick Rachel Maddow and fight Dick Morris. You know, like that would be. I can't believe some nothing like that exists. Well, there was that grounds or anything, or there was that Infinity Blade thing that lets you fight Obama and Joe Biden. Yeah, yeah, I think but that's sort of the best we got. I want, I want pundits because these are the people that really want to kill each other. So, <laughs> give me the fox, give me the cast of Fox and Friends, and I can pit Chris Hayes against him or whatever. You know, like that's the shit. Mm-hmm. I want that shit. I don't really want to fight political figures against each other. Pundits, man, that's where the fight's at. Now, would you play it if they were Moe versions? The Ab- pundits? Even more. Yes. <laughs> so Rachel Maddow's going play it harder because you. I would. Let's get I silly. Would, I would play it harder. <laughs> I want Rachel Maddow's buying the taiyaki and then running away when the dog scares her. <laughs> I want to. I want to see Shepard Smith sorry, fail Rachel at Maddow. making a cupcake. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Jeremy G asks feelings on free and or paid DLC. I didn't know where this is going. Um, feelings on free or paid DLC when a new game being is announced or available within a few weeks of it being released. I I, I am not the person that complains about DLC. I don't know. Like conceptually, they have reasons why they make DLC in that fashion. Like there's a certain amount of time after the video game's been made, but before it's been released, where essentially those people are still have a job because of DLC. So logically, like, I can appreciate that, uh, but it'll, it'll never not feel bitter to be like, all right, well, you're selling me something the first day that this game came out. Yeah. And I guess it also gets muddied when, like, the DLC is on the disc. Like, I don't know how they rationalize that. But, like, truth be told... 
most DLC is so weak, you just ignore it. Mm-hmm. The like, only the only exception to that, in my opinion, was Mass Effect Three. Uh, mm-hmm. That 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 DLC where you get the the Prothean character. Uh, I, that was the only time where I was like, why didn't they just have this in the in the game itself? Like, well, the I character... mean, they did with Mass Effect Two. It's the same situation, but in Three they charged you for it. That's that's true, but. That was the one thing where I felt like "Eh, this should have just been part of the regular game because that character adds a lot. Like if you have him in your party throughout the game, he really gives you a lot of backstory. Like he he has these fun little snippets of information about things, and it feels like it really should have just been part of the full game. But what? Who gives a shit? Like I bought the collector's edition, so it came with my game anyway. But yeah, yeah. I also got it through that. Yeah. But uh, important story stuff, I don't feel, should be left out. But everything else is, you know, it's fair game. I feel like anything beyond, like, Mass Effect and the Fallout series, the DLC is so weak that it almost never concerns me. Yeah. yeah. Like, probably that, those two games, and then Resident Evil 5, which is probably only relevant to me, are the only <laughs> games whose DLC I really enjoyed. Right. <laughs> Uh, okay, Land of Obscusion asks, "What are you guys more excited about, the Wii U or the Neo Geo X?" <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> when I was a boy, I dreamed of getting. Uh, was it Pocket Fighter? What was that thing called? What the the, uh, the one the Geo Pocket? One? Yeah, but they like it had the one with the cards. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. SNK characters. Yeah. Oh, the Card Fighters Clash game? Or yeah, maybe. Was that what it was called? I like would see that in the video game store and be like, man, that looks so cool. And then that thing like disappeared like before oh, I could yeah. save up the money to buy it. Like, I it remember I had one. That, I still have mine, I think. But um, wait, we're talking about the Neo Geo X, of course, which is basically yeah, yeah, the new one. little handheld of 20 Neo Geo games on it that you could buy on the PlayStation Network for like $5 each if you even cared. So... I don't know. It's kind of weird because you've got the incredibly insane hardcore Neo Geo fans who pay like thousands of dollars for a European Kizuna Encounter fighting game, mm-hmm. and then you've got the people, the casual people who you know they don't who don't even really care too much about the Neo Geo anymore. And it's all part of SNK's plan to just completely flog its old Neo Geo catalog, even no matter who's buying it. And I really have to look at some of that stuff and say like, who's buying World Heroes now? <laughs> Well, it's a strange uh, smattering of games. I just looked it up, and it's like yeah. Metal Slug 1, exactly. Art of Fighting 1. And like, originally, it was even worse. You got, like, the King of Fighters 94, I think, and the first Samurai Showdown, which nobody plays because two's better. <laughs> and they had to basically go back and redo it, so it, the games were actually interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a neat little idea, because you've seen how it imitates the Neo Geo itself and and the little... A handheld fits inside it and docks into it. So I guess there's an audience for it, but I don't think they're going to make too many of those because it's definitely a niche product. Um, yeah. And the, the Wii U, I guess, you know, it's there. <laughs> it certainly does exist. I'm yes. actually pretty interested in it for no real reasonable okay. reason. I just want it. So if you uh, got a Wii U, what would you get with it? Besides the, uh, I actually, I'm mostly interested in Nintendo land. Uh, yeah. Because I, I really love asymmetrical gameplay. I know that's like an absurd thing to say, but Pac-Man Versus is like still one of the coolest things in my mind. And I even remember talking about it the last time we did one of these podcasts. Yeah. Uh, so all that stuff like Find Me, 
and the Zelda game and the Metroid game looks really cool. Just all these sort of like two player experiences where one person is using that pad and the other person is using a Wii mode and it's really different. Uh, and I'll play a new Mario game. I'm not above that. And maybe Zombie U will be cool. But like, like I said, I don't have any. I don't have a reason I could give you guys to be like, this is why I wanted Wii U, and I'm not embarrassed to say it. Like, I just want it. Oh yeah, sure. No, I'm the same way. <laughs> like, I, you know, I, I'm skeptical about it, and you know, I'm not going to go out of my way to chase it down. But if for whatever reason it's November 18th and I walk into a store and there's one sitting there. The odds that I won't buy it, real low. Like, yeah. I will probably pick it up because not only is it, you know, that would be like, holy shit, there's one just sitting here on the shelf and there's going to be major scarcity problems with this like there is with every other console launch. Um, I I have that, that you know, oh, new console? Got it. You know, I, I want that. Uh, even though I couldn't point to a game, you know, on the Wii U where I'm like, I got to play that. There's, there's nothing. Like, it's a bunch of console, it's a bunch of ports and a Mario game. And I don't, I don't care about any of that. But it would still be really hard for me to resist. The the tech lust is there. It never yeah. goes away. And I don't usually fall for that. But like you know, if the Wii U was like five or six hundred dollars, like the PlayStation Three was, yeah. I would not. But mm-hmm. for three fifty, like you know, I can type my belt, brown bag it a couple days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, all right. Doctor Swerve asks. With Steam going into crowdfunding with Greenlight, do you think a lot of other gaming platforms are going to jump on that as well? Uh, I don't think so. I think yeah. only if it demonstrates uh, success. And, you know, the Steam is unique in that it already has sort of the built-in following for its indie games packages, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, okay. Hazakari asks, how much Mountain Dew is an acceptable amount to drink when playing Halo 4? Uh, any at all, I think. Uh, um, <laughs> people hate so much on Mountain Dew, but I don't find it significantly different from like any other name brand soda. I'm not really fond of the original flavor, I guess. Code Red's okay. I'll, I'll get <laughs> so you prefer the Halo-approved flavor. Okay, yeah. Well, no, what Todd is saying is that the refreshing flavor of Mountain Dew Code Red trademark is the best <laughs> way to fuel your gaming needs. With a handful of Doritos. That you're, yeah. You just got to use the aforementioned Joel power power combo. Mm-hmm. Grind some <laughs> You got to slug it, man. Efficiently consume those There's things. There's that old Penny Arcade comic where they talk about chugging and getting charged. And cranking, where it's uh, Master Chief drinking the Mountain Dew for like this has been going on since like Halo Two. I mean, it's nothing yeah. new. It's really distasteful. Uh, I was but, yeah. I was just in a Target hours ago, and they had the giant Black Ops Two stand with uh, the game's not even out, but it was filled with hats, and the entire bottom shelf of it was just Doritos. I just <laughs> imagine them like making Blade Runner Two and like having Harrison Ford like chow down on a Subway sandwich. <laughs> it's like, man, God, guys, come on! <laughs> the only thing that can soothe my jangled nerves are these uh, yeah. delicious Cool Ranch Doritos. Uh, I love you, Rachel, but not as much as I love this meatball sub from Subway. Feed <laughs> <Keep> the need. <laughs> if I'm gonna eat, I'm gonna eat fresh. <laughs> All right, Byreal asks: With the release of Virtue's Last Reward, can we expect more text-heavy games to be coming soon? Or was that was the success of nine 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 a fluke? I think those games are going to come out when people 
I don't know. According yeah, to people's whims. Like, I I wish if people wanted to spend their money localizing games like that, where's Miles Edgeworth Investigations 2? Where's mm, my Phoenix Wright? You know, Mega Man Legends 3 or whatever. Yeah, it's like, I mean, that's, if you're going to go text-heavy, like, I just feel like Phoenix Wright is where it's at. Yeah, like, they're not. That had, that had the quality of, of writing uh, and a pretty solid gameplay structure, especially I love Miles Edgeworth. One, uh, and but like, uh, I imagine maybe these things are they're probably easier to create than they are to translate. Like when I play when I was playing that game, I was thinking about it, I was like, huh, they really like didn't even need to make a video game here. <laughs> like, there's not a lot of parts of it that are actually like a video game. It's mostly just you need an engine that can display text, but. Uh, I imagine it's like phenomenally expensive to translate one of those games. Well, no, I, the, I thought, uh, the fact that we're getting, but I think we're both the new Phoenix Wright and the uh, Phoenix Wright versus Professor Layton. Am I right there? I think we're actually I don't getting know. those both in America. And that probably says something to the fact that they're still going to keep bringing these things out here. Because uh, maybe we've kind of gotten over the fact that they couldn't release the Edgeworth game. And now we're going to get back to actually getting the Phoenix Wright game. So, hey. That's a good sign, I think. Yeah. I mean, Phoenix Wright is the only thing that can make me interested in Professor Layton again. <laughs> Sick of that franchise. I think here's, how, that, here's, how, that, here's how that's going to go. Phoenix Wright's going to show up. There will be a conversation and then cut to some sort of play on Tower of Hanoi puzzle. And uh, <laughs> there you go. That's the game. Uh, okay. Uh, Nyalkalus Cage asks, Do you think Dark Souls would be improved further by more DLC expansion content? Or is it time for a new Souls game? Anybody, anybody? I'm not going to say no either way. <laughs> right. You uh, <laughs> I mean, that DLC was great. And Dark Souls is great. But, I mean, I, I, they got to have another one in the works. Sure. So I'm sure it'll be fine either way. Uh, he also asks, looking at Dark Souls and Dragon's Dogma, do you think we could be seeing a new trend in RPGs from Japan? Um, I mean, sure. It's, it's, again, I think it's observable that they're, they're taking cues from Western-developed role-playing games. At well, this point. I'm, I think it's a bit wrong-headed to like be like, oh, this is changing the whole paradigm's changing because like Dark Souls has like really, or Demon Souls and Dark Souls have really clear antecedents right. in uh, uh, the Kingsfield series, which are like really old games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, I mean, I th- I think it's just wrong to say that a game is Western because it has like a goblin in it. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, that's not necessarily like a design principle. So I don't know. Uh, I certainly would play more games like Dark Souls and Dragon's Dogma, uh, even though, I mean, they're, they're sort of tangentially, they have similar mechanics in some ways, but they are still pretty different games. But I like them both. And I, I think the overarching thing that connects them is that they're both action RPGs, and I could play, pretty much play action RPGs for the rest of my life. Right. Okay. Yeah, I think it's sort of wrong to assume that a trend is being born out of all this stuff. It's just these are games that are coming out now. You have two companies that produce two games. And, you know, they may not even uh, continue to make games like them, depending on whether they're commercially successful or not. So I, I don't know. I think it's pretty early to just declare a trend. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But at the same time, like, I think there's something to the fact that traditional Japanese role-playing games have not been doing quite as well as they previously did, or they previously were a major, major thing uh, here in the States, and now it's, 
you know, Western style role playing games have kind of taken over that that niche. Well, no, Dark Souls doesn't have a Western equivalent. Like, what is the equivalent? Well, I, he's talking about Dragon's Dogma, so that's kind of like the chief example that I'm looking at here. In in my in in my estimation, like that is a clear like okay, they were trying to do something a little bit more Western, like that. Oblivion or something. Yeah, a little bit more, a little bit more Skyrimy uh, than we would normally get. Um, but I don't know. It, it, you know, it, uh, these are all vagaries. It's not. This isn't like a solid. Oh yeah, all Japanese role playing development is going to be totally westernized now. Like no one's saying that. Um, but there's a little bit, of, a little bit of a thing going there. Um, all right. Chibiofo asks, "Have you guys heard of Game Center CX? I assume everyone has. Yes. And are yeah. you interested in buying the licensed DVD set? Uh, sure. I mean, I'm more interested in getting uh." What a, I don't even remember what the game was called. Retro Game Center, Retro Game yeah. Challenge. Yeah, they called it Game Center CX. <laughs> I'm, but yeah, I'm the second game. I'm more interested in getting the second game of that. Than yeah. I would be in actually getting the like DVDs of right. the actual yeah. show. And I think they've said that there's not really a chance to get the second game out here. At least, yeah. Uh, I think yet. that's that ship has long since passed. Yeah, it was neat though. They actually added a. I think they had like a Mario platformer or something in there. Oh, that's cool. I mean. The Game Center CX stuff, or the Retro Game Challenge stuff got really cool by the end. They had like what was almost a fully featured Ninja Gaiden. Yeah, like, yeah. Haggleman. Yeah, and it was really cool because you got to see it progress from this really simple like Mario Brothers, like original Mario Brothers mm-hmm. sort of one screen platformer into this Ninja Gaiden thing where you had equipable items to like give you high jumps and stuff. So it, it in the end became kind of like a Metroidvania, which was really neat. So I would have liked, I don't know anything about the second one, so I would have liked to see what they did. Um, but <laughs> there's like a pretty good episode of that show where he plays Clock Tower and it's like, man, that's what everybody's feeling when they're playing Clock Tower. They just don't know. <laughs> so scary. All right. Uh, Super Deformed asks, XCOM or Valkyria Chronicles? He's, this is, he is asking this of me. Okay. Like, he clearly is asking this of me. Uh, and the answer is Valkyria Chronicles because it has Wendy. Oh, uh, God. Wendy again. the closest thing I have to a waifu, <laughs> if I may use that term. Uh, XCOM, the new XCOM is pretty great. Uh, I don't know. It's strange because it's not like... I feel like in the original XCOM, you felt like the world was a lot more open to you. And in this one, it's more like there's very specific research paths that you go down to reach certain milestones. But at the same time, like the 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 moment-to-moment gameplay, the strategy stuff, is really great. And probably, actually, people who like games like Final Fantasy Tactics would slot in pretty well with XCOM. Uh, so, like, you might be surprised, but it's that sort of style of strategy, RPG, gameplay, uh, which fits X- XCOM really well. And uh, it's fun to, like, shoot purple lasers and stuff. I mean, I like Halo, so it's the same sort of aesthetics going on in XCOM. Okay. Um, getting close to the end here. Just a few more. Uh Prompted by Todd, ABCB Tom is asking, what is Battle Circuit? I shouldn't have said anything. Battle Circuit is this really neat Capcom beat-em-up that came out in, like, 1997, and everyone ignored it, even though it's really one of the best they ever did. It's, you know, it's got the Final Fight thing where you're walking along beating up guys. It has this weird future aesthetic where you can play as, like, a living plant monster, 
or you play like a Captain Commando clone. And it's a fun little game. And I don't know why I even mentioned it on Twitter. I honestly thought no one would take me up on that offer. But it's a pretty neat thing. And I hope they put it on, um, well, not the virtual console or something. Um, I'm pretty sure Capcom's never going to get around to putting it on Xbox Live or PlayStation Network like they've done with their old fighting games. But if you're into old arcade games, dig it up. Cool. Okay. All right. Last question from What's Your Name asks, uh, will new consoles be the end-all, be-all to our gaming problems? Um, I don't even know what that means. I hope the PC wins. Uh, you know, as a as a new PC gamer, like just as, as someone whose now chief mode of playing games is on the PC, I I kind of agree. Not only is it uh, right, I mean, right now it's just because it's outpacing the seven year old hardware that I've got sitting under my TV. Uh, PC gaming is so much cheaper. Like it's That's so cheap. <laughs> Like, the, just the shit, like, every day there's, like, hey, here's a bundle of six games for $9, and I'm sort of interested in all of them, and, like, who cares? It's $9. So you have this giant Steam backlog. You're never without something to play. And if there's something you want to play but you're kind of on the fence about, wait a month. It'll be 25 bucks in a sale somewhere. Like, I really want to play XCOM. I haven't touched it yet because I assume in the next couple of weeks it'll be 25 bucks. Yep. Uh, so, well, I feel like I maybe that... To address a one part of his question, I think if you do a little bit of forecasting where uh, consoles are going, they're going to become more platform-oriented, a la Steam. I think the, the next generation of consoles are going to leverage the Internet even more than they already do to you know do transactions the way that Steam does. So publishing costs are going to drop, and I think you'll see a very similar trend in console gaming. I mean, if those companies are smart, they're going to develop their their distribution systems around the stuff that steam has done. I mean, that's the writing on the wall. You know, it's, it's, it's impossible not to take that into account as a publisher or somebody who's trying to sell an alternative piece of hardware. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I think that about wraps it up. Uh, thanks again, guys for coming on and chatting about yawn video games as always. Uh, we'll have you on again. Uh, Next E3. <laughs> so oh, hey, now I can oh, go good. Indian food. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, All right. I'm going to talk about Hawken then. <laughs> Great. Yeah, awesome. Okay. It's almost already out. <laughs> no. I was hoping we were going to do, like, what's your big thing for the holidays? Oh, we, we, we can okay. if you want. We don't have to. I just wanted to talk about Hawken because I like robot <laughs> Just say Hawken. Hawken, 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 Hawken. Hawken, Hawken. All right. Hawken. Nate would be Hawken. This is the free-to-play mech combat thing, right? Yep. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty just, cool. I've been looking at it since... Uh, 2006. Since, <laughs> yeah, a friend of mine turned me on to it. He actually knows some of the developers. And, and uh, when did it come out? Yeah, well, when, it's, when it's in beta out? now. Oh, okay. It's actually coming out in December. Okay. According a random calendar I found online, um, but yeah, so December twenty first should be should be me shooting stuff with Robo shotguns and <laughs> cityscape, which is really I mean that's what I look for. Yeah, there's really not a lot left this year though, is there? No, we're at I'm the fine. we're at the end. Everything was pushed to next year, so well, a lot of things were pushed to next year. Uh, so yeah, at any rate, let's uh, let's wrap it up there. But uh, thanks a lot, guys, for uh, coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having us, yeah. It's always fun. 
Okay, that's our show. Big thanks to Dave, Todd, and Joel for stopping on by. Theme songs Bucharest by the band The New Division. You can check them out at thenewdivision.net. Don't forget, subscribe to us on iTunes, leave us a rating, a review. We'd really appreciate it. And we'll see you all next week.